and welcome back to another episode of the only podcast Joe Rogan fears, the mighty, the fearless, the orange. Talk until the joy is gone. Fuck you, Joe Rogan. <laughs> My name is Rooney, and I like to spend the downtime between episodes in quiet contemplation of the complexities of the universe, the intricacies of existence, and where exactly I went wrong to end up in this ridiculous situation. And here, offering his desultory assistance as co-host, is a man who likes to spend his time between episodes putting women in cages, writing fanfics about my sexual escapades, and wanking himself into a coma, usually in that order. Reggie. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, fanfic, tick. <laughs> Masturbation, tick. Mm, the other one. Not, not so much anymore. No. <laughs> Dry January. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I- I tell you what, if I haven't been late by the time Gemini and <laughs> celebrate their first wedding anniversary, <laughs> born again virgin, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, because it grows back. Yeah, after a year, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I my dad telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> when I see them posting about their first anniversary, I'm going to be shit, I've got four days. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Even that three days, fuck. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, that was that was an intro and a half. <laughs> well, to be fair, straight I'm... into your sex life. I <laughs> know, oh, <laughs> non-existent sex life. <laughs> it still manages to make up at least sort of like five to ten minutes of every episode, which yeah. is really odd. And the tension, that the the sexual desperation coming off of that makes up for the rest of the episode. I'm hoping if we if I just keep putting it out there, someone will pity me and just give me a pity blowjob. Oh, I've seen our listeners. You don't want uh, <laughs> uh, you don't want to fuck any of them, mate. <laughs> Maybe will. I don't know. It depends how uh, masochistic you're feeling. <laughs> it was bottom of the list. I'd be scared. I'd be scared I wouldn't make it out alive. <laughs> It'd be like fucking uh, that house of wax. <laughs> <laughs> Skin me and try and wear me as a suit. <laughs> Making a fleshlight out of your anus. <laughs> so, I've been reading a lot of books about Ed Gein. I reckon <laughs> I could make a nice lamp out of your back. This is way better. I want to stay. I want to steer away from slagging people off like we did for ten minutes last week. Oh, okay. I like slagging people. It's off. It's not very becoming of us. It's not the podcast that. I no, want true, to be a part true. Of. We we did say very early on <laughs> we aren't going to pump that negativity out into yeah, we the world. Want to try and stay positive. We just slipped a little last week. We did slip. Yeah. It. To be fair, every so often you need to. Every so often, people like Andrew Tate and other insecure pricks need to get a good tongue lashing, but. We'll get back to positive this week. Talking of insecure pricks and tongue lashings, have you heard about this? I have been rimmed lately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that doesn't count? No. Oh, right, okay. penetration for it. Not only counts. penetration. All right, were you penetration yeah. or being penetrated? I have to penetrate someone else. Oh, uh, okay. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, I've got the best sex life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for the love of God. Um, where was I going with this? I don't oh, know. Oh, Yes. Officer Megan Hall, have you heard about this? Yeah. My, <laughs> have you read the official deposition yet? I haven't read that. No, I've just seen like the abundance of memes this week. Well, someone in our favourite Facebook group, uh, we say this, it's our favourite Facebook group. It's not one of our Facebook groups. No, 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 no. But it's where we get all our... Um, all our tasty memes All from. our tasty memes from. Yeah. Um, and Will hates it because we keep finding them before he gets a chance yeah. to share them with us. Um, someone in there, off the back of all of the memes... Posted the official police deposition. Oh, um, in there, I'm up to page three. 
right. and that's only one guy talking about the stuff that happened between really? him, her... I need to find this. And I need to read it. Why aren't you I'll, just I'll reading it out in full on the podcast? That could be <laughs> this week's episode. I could have stayed at home and... I was I was seriously considering doing a recording of reading some of the yeah. juiciest bits, but then I realised it's like 50, 60 pages. Oh, okay. And I was like, I don't have time to... This was yesterday afternoon. I was yeah. like, I don't have time between now and then to read this, pick the best bits, record it, and do my other prep. Coming next week. <laughs> Coming next week. But yeah, that's... um. Right, first question. So what does she do? She banged like four other police officers, right? I think it's six. Oh, so she's... And one of their wives. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> What's wrong with this person? <coughs> well, apparently, she also tried to shoot herself in the head. Um, she's also spoken about harmful thoughts. She's, she's clearly Depressed. in need of some, help. some yeah, me- mental help. But, of course, this is America. Help! She needs somebody. Oh, help! Somebody's Not watched like 60 hours of fucking help. Beatles... Uh, documentaries this yeah. week. We haven't even we haven't even scratched the tip of the Beatles today. We also haven't mentioned what you're wearing. I'm building up to that. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Farmer Giles. We we'll have to think. Oh, we'll get to it in a minute. But yeah, she's yeah, she's done all these things, and apparently, having sexual relations with another officer without disclosing it to your commanding officer is a breach of their code of conduct. Oh yeah. So she's like, I mean, these are fireable offences. Um, so my, my, my number one question to you and indeed the listeners. Yeah, I'd bang her. There we go. Okay. So would I, <laughs> especially once I found out she slept with someone else's wife, I'd be like, I could. Does make it hard, doesn't it? Yeah. But plus, you know, you, there is hope at the end of that threesome tunnel. Like once you know See, she's done it logic. once, you re- I reckon I could be like, look, you know, we've banged in every position there is. I've tied you up. You've tied me up. <laughs> Like, I've denied you permission. You've denied me permission. Time to just bring another woman into this. I love how at the beginning when we were talking about, you know, after we got over my sexuality and got onto yours, oh, you God. was like, I'm alpha. I'm the fucking dom. <laughs> now it's coming out that you're a switch at best. <laughs> Andrew Tate ruined it for me. Andrew Tate ruined it I for me. I can't be a dominant alpha anymore. Because um, uh, all these teachers from local schools keep coming to my house. Uh, <laughs> took me off the alpha ledge. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> See, my, my thinking is, right, she's clearly, she's into the, the three-way. She swings both ways. Yeah. I, if I can sell Amy on this, I can legitimately sleep with her without yeah. having to, like, cheat on my fiancé. Yeah. This is perfect. And I get to tick the three-way box. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the three with the two women. Yeah. Yeah, box. Yeah, because, like, you know, a foursome with just three other men. It Way more exotic, yeah. but doesn't tick that box. Doesn't really, doesn't tick the right boxes. Doesn't tick that alpha male box. I mean, don't get me wrong, it fills my box, yeah. but it doesn't tick that box. Push your box, your mouth, <laughs> your ear holes. <laughs> yeah, that's the real reason I'm deaf in my left ear. It's the build-up of Crossy Com. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you, the one rule of <laughs> gangbang club is no coming in my ears. Not in the ears. I have to edit the podcast, you know. I've got to be able to hear this. Sh- oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Gang, bang. Um, it, leads me, I, it leads me on to something I wasn't going to discuss, but I read on Reddit uh, the other day, which if I have to, to read this... How to join a gangbang club? No, oh, God, no. There are posts about that, but I'm like... Really? Oh, there was posts about everything on Reddit. Reddit scares me. Reddit's awesome. You just have to make sure, especially when you're browsing it at work, that you, you go to the right incre- places. Because oh. you go to the wrong places. You do it incognito. Yeah. yeah, even then, it's all monitored through our fucking firewall. So, But I was reading in the uh, Today I Fucked Up yeah. subreddit, which I believe I've mentioned on here before. Yeah. 
Uh, and there was a guy talking about the worst time you get, the worst blue balls you ever had. Right. That almost <laughs> resulted in him passing out. Basically, he hooked up with some crazy bird off of one of the apps. Yeah. Um, she got, they got right to the point of boning. And then she was like, ah, actually, no, I don't want to. Um, but still managed to drag it out for like another two hours yeah. afterwards. Yeah, they'll do that. And then he was like, okay, well, that's fine. You know, because it's 2023. I'm not just going to rape you. Um, yeah. Because I'm not Andrew Tate. So I mean, <laughs> it is true. Nice guys always finish last, normally on their own in the backseat of the car. In the backseat of the home, car. Yeah. Well, for some reason, this guy didn't. He he then drove home. <laughs> I'm ignoring that. I don't <laughs> want to get into that. Um, so he drives home. He yeah. says it's like lives like two hours away. He goes home. Oh, two hours for uh huh uh, for blue balls. Um, he then he gets home. It's late. He has to be up early the following, mo- following morning because he's flying over off to do some work somewhere. <laughs> um, so he goes to bed. Doesn't get a chance to do anything about it. He's then on a plane, flies off to this place, which is like he was doing some work out in like these fucking woods in fucking Alaska or some right. shit. So, and he's stuck out there so with like four other guys. Man. Like a real man. He's like a proper alpha. He's not, a proper alpha. Not one of these out Andrew Tate misogynists. Not an internet like alpha. No, he's, alpha. A, he's a proper alpha. He oh, doesn't okay. even know about Twitter. All he owns is flannel. <laughs> flannel and an axe. Yeah. Um so he goes out to the and basically they're in this this cabin and they're restoring this area. Yeah. Um and he's like, you know, there's basically four other guys and me sleeping in an open plan cabin. So not much space for, no. not much time for privacy, except for the outdoor toilet. Oh. He's like, so I've had to brave the outdoor toilet. And he's like, but I'm, I'm focused. I need to do this. He's like, so I go out there and I start doing the business, introducing myself to Mrs. Palm and her four lovely daughters. You couldn't have just done it in the plane toilet. That has got to be a lot better. I mean, you'd have thought so, yeah. wouldn't you? Or the airport toilet. But he does it. And just as uh, he reaches crescendo... He gets a blinding pain, and he described it as being stabbed through the dick right the way through into his body. And he was like, I basically passed out standing up. He was like, if it lasted any longer, I'd have fallen into the toilet and probably died. And he was like, this is the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. He said, and then I looked down at what had just come out of my dick, and he described it as a jelly bean of gelatinous cum. And it seems like there was all this build-up and no release. And it's solidified. Solidified. And then when he finally did release, yeah, it was like a jelly belly of sperm. And I was just like, I didn't know that could happen. I need to wank more. This is a public service (laughs) announcement brought to you in part by Reggie. (laughs) If you are related to me or ever want to be able to look at me ever again, (laughs) skip forward two minutes. Oh, here we go. This is going to be good. Have you ever been in pain? post-orgasm because this happened to me once or twice yes yeah <laughs> like when you don't do it for say seven eight nine days and then you do do it yeah that first release is actually painful it's just like bam it's yeah. like someone punching their way out of your dick yeah yeah <laughs> not just my dick like the whole groin the, that whole area, area just aches, aches. <laughs> for a good like hour afterwards and then the aching goes and you go Oh, round oh, two. No, yeah, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Better do round two now. <laughs> Don't want to let it build up too much. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's not just me. I felt like <laughs> the first time I panicked, I was like, what have I done? What have I done? I broke. Yeah, no, I think I did something similar. I was like, oh God, if I like ruptured something, yeah. or str- oh, I'm thinking, am I gonna, is it going to work anymore? Yeah, yeah, it's like this is the first time pleasure and pain have not been a good combo. <laughs> yeah, because you had the pleasure and then you just yeah. left with the pain. I'm, yeah, I'm seriously glad it's not just me. No. I, the, the worst one I had was I was like, oh, my God, I've broken my dick. I, I'd, uh, this was when uh, a, a partner of mine, 
<laughs> was at university. Oh, okay. So I only saw them like once every seven days. Yeah. Uh, and that like 24 hours I spent there was an insane 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, because you were usually hung over to fuck <laughs> I was as usually well. hung over to fuck as well. Anyway, I get back on like Sunday afternoon. Um, I go and have a shower, clean myself up and what have you, wash away the sin. Um, and I suddenly realised like my dick is just swollen down one side. And I'm like, oh my God, is this dick cancer? Where does it come from? It wasn't like this earlier. Um, and over the course of like the evening into the next day, it basically turned into a massive bruise on the side of my dick. <laughs> I don't know how I've done it. But obviously, I mean, I do know how I did it. I just don't know what specifically caused it to bruise like that. But yeah, I had a massive bruise on my dick were for you, like that whole week. Were you drunk? No, I wasn't. No, okay. Because I, well, I can, I I I can imagine if you get a bit drunk and then you you kind of find an angle, but you're like, fuck it, I'm drunk, I don't care. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Then you could bruise it, but I don't know how you do that sober. Neither do I. But I did. <laughs> have you ever been hospitalized due to uh, carnal relations? No. Because I had to spend a night in hospital <laughs> once. Let's say this was 18 months ago. About 18 months ago, I'd had some particularly, uh, what should we say, athletic (laughs) (laughs) slash rough sex. (laughs) And I was fine, kind of went home, had a shower like you, and I'm just walking around, and then about like 20 minutes later, I'm stood in the kitchen making a drink, and suddenly I just get this immense pain in like my ball bag. Public service announcement uh, reprise. <laughs> two more minutes. So another two minutes. I mean, you might just want to skip ahead. Yeah. Skip into the bit where I say, so we watched a film. We watched a week. film. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I'm in absolute agony. This is the worst pain I've ever felt. And it's like in that, in my ball bag, yeah. basically. And I'm like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll hobble around for a couple of hours. And then I'm like, this is, this is not going away. I am not fine. So I go to the clinic by the hospital. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which was still open then. I'm sure of it. Um, Plus, I went to it, a clinic. It opens and closes as and when it wants. Yeah. It's there one week, it's gone the next. It's like one of those little magical shops. Yeah. So I go in and I have to explain to the woman what my problem <laughs> is, right? Yep. And she looks at me all sceptical, like, you're just looking for a free hand job. Like, <laughs> what's going on here? Men don't normally come with this kind of thing, and I'm like, I'm in so much pain. I, <laughs> I don't care. care. <laughs> so she takes me to one side. She gives you a hand job. <laughs> Then you realise, oh god, this isn't the clinic. Nearly. You're a hooker. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's worse. It's rubies. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was you <laughs> cosplaying as a nurse. <laughs> no, so like she takes me to one side, and to cut a long story short, right, she's the first of about eight people that <laughs> cup me, make me turn my head to the side and cough. cough. Yeah. <laughs> Eight separate people. First one was a woman. The next seven were men. All copying me and like doing the thing. And then eventually they're like, That was we a can't. real awakening for yeah. you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Pop them, maybe turn my head and tell me to cough. Turns out hospital's got an outdoor toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Jelly beans galore. Yeah. And so, based, long story short, they couldn't figure out what had happened. They'd saying it could have been testicular torsion. Like, yeah, I've heard of that before. Got twisted the wrong way, but they couldn't, they couldn't like, so that's definitely what it is. So they kept me in overnight. I woke up the next morning, fine, no pain, no nothing. Everything was working. <laughs> and I'm just sat there like, 
eight different people groped me last night for no reason. I'm fine. If I just left it. just sat there just in the hospital bed just grinning like yeah. an idiot. Eight people. Yeah. That's what? a new personal bed. Yeah. yeah, one night. Never had seven men in one go before. Um, so then you went to the outdoor yeah. toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Old pack of jelly beans, I tell you. <laughs> oh, God. But basically, yeah, I spent the entire night in hospital because they couldn't figure out what had gone on. And the next morning, they come to me, I'm like, So, how's your paint today? I was like, It's appeared. And it's they were gone. like, Oh, good. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. We need a bed for someone. We've got actual sick yeah. people need this bed. Wow. <laughs> I, had to, <laughs> I had to call it to work and be like, <laughs> Can't come into work. I'm in hospital. I got t- testicular torsion. Yeah. <laughs> I have heard of that before, and usually it results from overly um, expressive. Ex- I was going to say energetic <laughs> yeah. sexual relations. Yeah, yes, it was a good day that ended with a night in hospital. With, with a night in hospital, but after that, like I was, I was a bit like, do I do that again? <laughs> do I do do I attempt to have sex again? Because I I don't want that pain. I don't want to go back to that. Yeah. yeah. About two days later, I'm desperately <laughs> trying to convince the person to have sex with me again. <laughs> Wow, so this got smutty really quickly. It did. It's like we're 20-odd minutes yeah, in, and most did. of that time has been just talking about sexual relations in some mean manner or form. Roxanne's gone already. She's know. already gone. She's <laughs> got to come back and... and, and yeah. She's comped a jelly bean and passed out by now. <laughs> <laughs> Will's not far behind. Oh <laughs> Warren's ex- exited the group. <laughs> yeah, Warren's just like, that's it, I'm done. I'm not listening to this bullshit anymore. Like, I'd like... I'm so desensitised to listen to you talk about your sex life that it just goes in one ear. You make it sound like I do it all the fucking time. No, but we've known each other 20 plus years. So over the years, I've become desensitised, <laughs> right? A long time ago, way before this podcast. <laughs> yeah, way before this I podcast. I was desensitised to listen to you tell me sordid facts. Sordid details. About your, one, your sex life. <laughs> um, but... I forget that sometimes, like these people are out there, they're gonna have to come and actually have a conversation with us one day. Yep. And in the back of their head, they're gonna be like, "Huh? Just I know all the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know everything. I know all this." All yeah. the- I think it's because we sat in a room on our own. If there were other people, you know, if we had an audience, here, this would be a completely different podcast. It'd be a completely different. Yeah, <laughs> I'd barely say a word. Exactly. <laughs> if it wasn't pre-written in my notes, I'm not saying it a wouldn't. Word. It, yeah. yeah. But I think because we, we're saying you kind of subconsciously slip into that while well, it's just us talking, yeah. which is kind of the whole point of the podcast is the whole premise. But yes. yeah, <laughs> I did. We may have a new listener. Uh, I was talking to a chap oh. on my stream on um, Friday night. Cause I can't what I was going to say last night, but it's not Saturday. I'm confused. Shout out Sean. We only know <laughs> between us. We only knew one of them. Websites. We only knew one of those websites, <laughs> Sean. And I'm quite frankly terrified to click on any of the others. <laughs> yeah. Snap. Um, I know, I talking, but, keep, but keep sending us emails. Keep sending the emails because we love it, and it's it's always educational. Yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, it yeah. gives us content. Um, Roxanne knew all of them websites. What well, well, Roxanne's yeah, she on? Well, she's on most of them. Yeah. Um, but I was talking to a chat. Yeah, literally three of them are sponsored by <laughs> Touching Church. Touching Church of Sing. Church of Sing. <laughs> um, we're hosting their servers for them. Um, I was talking to a chap uh, on my stream. Uh, he came in to watch me doing my, one of my Gumpler builds. Okay. Uh, and I mentioned something. I was talking to someone else in there, I think, and I said something about the podcast. And it was like, oh, you do a podcast? 
I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got a command set up in my chat, so exclamation podcast, and it gives you the details oh, okay. of Touchig. It oh. also has a massive warning that it's not safe for work yeah, and you should course. use headphones when listening to it. Um, and the guy was going to go away and, and have a listen. So I don't know um, what, you- whether, whether he's listening to this one or yeah. not. Hello, random. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> now you know about our masturbatory habits. I'm not going to call. I'm not going to call him out uh, no. by name because people get weirded out by that, as we've yeah. discovered. Except um, Sean. Sean fucking loves it. Sean fucking loves it, as do the other weirdos in the cottage chat. Yeah. But that's why they're in the cottage chat. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> I love it because you've been you've set this thing up on your stream now, so you can shout out Touchy, mm-hmm. which you never used to have, but you have it now. I spent like a good ten minutes. Making rules yesterday. I know. I saw. <laughs> I woke up and I was like, still not used to this two days off. I need to do something. Touching as a career. <laughs> so I made some rules. Yeah. One I good saw. one and then a bunch of rubbish ones while I was trying to figure out how to how to make a reel. I, I saw two of them. I oh, saw okay. the, the Pineapple Express and the Touching cooler than hitler yeah that's the best bigger one. than hitler that's the best one that was pretty cool that one was so good that i shared it in my stories, stories or twice reels. you shared it did i yeah i clearly don't know how to use instagram <laughs> i know because i liked them both this morning <laughs> i like i did it. i'm gonna like, well that's close the window did it share it i don't know well i'll do it again yeah. i was like ah oh. and if i do this that it says done and yeah. says it's complete ah oh, okay right well that one shared it the first one clearly didn't no I don't know how to Insta. I copied you and shared it all over Instagram as well. Today. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my favourite one. The other ones I'm not too sure about. <coughs> I was like, I watch a lot of reels when I'm bored. We should throw one we out there. We need to, yeah. yeah. To, to hit people. I told to you, we need to do the, the Dom walking you in as, as, a, as a dog thing. Get that on our reels. That shit will blow up. Okay. Can I wear a mask? I mean, you'd have to. It'd have to be a dog mask. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> dog mask and Union oh, Jack on the pants. <laughs> just that, and I'm just. Oh, yeah, I'll make a sandwich board that okay. just says Touching down the side so that people know what the point of it, you know, because otherwise. Yeah, otherwise. Or maybe point? you could have like um, Touching business cards in the mouth of your dog mask. Okay. So you can go up barking at people and they can take a business card out. That, yeah, I like that. I like the sound of that. And then you're, the, 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 the dominatrix will be like, down, bad boy! <laughs> <laughs> this, ladies and gentlemen, is what he thinks about when he masturbates. <laughs> I'm like, right, we need to promote Touching. How do we do it? <laughs> I need an orgasm and to promote Touching. Two birds, one stone. Two birds, one stone, one jelly bean. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your week, anyway? Was it a good week, a bad week, and a different week? It was really slow at work, which sucked because yeah. it made it very long. Well, it made the two days I was in the office very long. I was off on uh, Monday. Yeah. Because basically Sunday night, my body was like, hey, guess what? You don't need to sleep. Yeah. And I was just awake all night um, until like two hours before my alarm would go off when I fell asleep. And then my alarm went off and I was like, I can't even open my fucking eyes. I don't go to work. It's going to be me tonight. Not only that, I have an <coughs> extra hour of sleep this morning, but this is my fifth coffee. Oh, Lord. You'll yeah. be buzzing. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously two days working from home. They were yeah. all right because I had other stuff to keep me yeah. occupied. And then, pardon me, Thursday and Friday in the office was... I spent a lot of time on Reddit. Okay. It's been I, very quiet this week. I find it's more honest. Work you when you worked at home and when I worked on my shift and I would work weekends and other times, when I had no work to do, <laughs> it was a far more honest experience that there was no one else around because I could literally just sit at my desk and read a book yeah. all day and not worry that someone's gonna be like, just reading a book. 
<laughs> We're paying him and he's just reading the book. <coughs> he's just reading what? It was far more honest because during the week, like when people are there and I've got fucking to do, <laughs> I have to like attempt to look busy. Yeah, you have to try and look yeah. maintain that that air of business, even though like I'm sat there. Everyone, everyone in the room knows I've got nothing to do. Yeah. And I've offered help to everyone in the room who's <laughs> not got anything for me to do. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm still of that I've worked with enough people that would be like, I know you've got nothing to do. I know you've offered everyone else help. And no one has got anything for you to do. But that doesn't mean you can just sit there and read a book. Yeah, you've got to do something. It's like, I literally have yeah. nothing to do. But I kind of come to the conclusion that I may never get my head around this being back on the same <laughs> shit pattern as the rest of the world. So, yeah, we need to, by the end of 2023, we need to be making money from this podcast. There's there's a there's a goal and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how much. It could be a pound. Just help us make some money. <laughs> So I can get back to some kind of different lifestyle because not being in sync with the rest of the world really fucking works for me. <laughs> no, I hate that. Because I'm like, oh, I want to do so-and-so. Oh, I can't because everywhere's closed. Why is everywhere closed? Because it's 2 a.m. But my schedule is totally fucked up. So this is my, this is my active time. Oh, trust me, when you're off Monday to Thursday and everyone else is at work and you can actually breathe and have time to yourself and just be like... Yeah, but you don't like people. I do. If I have time to myself... Really? You used to. I'm not sure you, you like people too much now. Uh, yeah, maybe, do you maybe remember right. how excited you got when you went out on your Christmas party because you actually went out? Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. That is true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I like people. I just don't go out anymore. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something. You completely fucking derailed me. Being out of sync with the rest of the world Being really works for me, but it doesn't work for you. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I do if I have time to myself? Um... Stream. Yeah, I, I basically sit where I am now in front of this these screens and play video <coughs> games or watch bullshit, and that that that's what I do if I have time to myself. So you know, that's not really the best thing because that just makes me even more inactive. Yeah, but the your personality does not hinge on having time to yourself. No, this is true. My personality completely hinges <laughs> on having a certain amount of time to myself so that I'm rested and ready to go next time I have to endure people. <laughs> endure being the word in that sentence. So for me, to be out of sync with everyone else and to have these times, like to be able to stay up till 4am on like a Tuesday night <laughs> or stuff, or be able to like, no, I'm not working Monday or Tuesday so I can stay up till 4am watching NFL on a Sunday. <laughs> Really makes me ha- far happier than when I <laughs> it's Sunday night and I'm like, fuck, I got another five days of work. Oh, everyone hates the Sunday night dread. That's just that's that's just part of this capitalist hellscape we live in. Either way, being out of sync with the majority of the world. Works I mean, you are out of sync. To be fair, just regardless of what hours you're working, you are out of sync with the rest of the world. And so, like, when how have I surrounded myself with so many damaged people? I do feel that me and Amy are like the male and female version of the same person. Jesus H. Christ, it would be really nice to just meet another normal person that I actually got on with. We're both fucked in the head, and neither one of us is having any sex. (sighs) I just (sighs) normal people in 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 the world of podcasts reach out. There are no normal people in the world of podcasts. There are because podcasts are huge these days. Everybody listens to podcasts. There are no normal people in the world of podcasts because normal people are busy, you know, having careers and families. No, yeah, that's what lives. I mean. People listening to, oh, to podcasts. Okay. Just out there in Listenerville. Not not like Podcast <laughs> HQ where all this shit gets pumped out. Okay. Like the, the normals, the old Joe Joe Normal who's out there listening to a podcast on his commute or while he's jogging oh, or 
the normies that need a window into the world of the window. The, yeah, exactly. And use podcasts to do that. Yes, those ones. Hello, you boring motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, so reach out. Yeah. It'd be really nice to have a normal person to talk to. <laughs> can I just reiterate, I only run the Instagram, so you can talk to Rooney on any other platform. Yeah, I, I'm on all <laughs> the others. So, yeah, hit me up there. Yeah. <laughs> only hit me up on Instagram if you've got nude. <laughs> You know what you're getting. You know what messages you're getting from Will now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, Look at my ginger pubes. Look at them. I shaved them into your into yeah. the shape of your face. <laughs> Look, my my, my, dick, <laughs> my dick is your nose, beast. Just not big enough. <laughs> <laughs> the ratio's all off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Sweet mother of God. Oh, goodness. I think he'll be listening to this one as his breakfast. Yeah, I mean, that that was an eye-opener. Yeah, I listen to Touchy while I'm having my breakfast. I'm like, are you fucking unhinged, mate? I think Roxanne gets up at like 5am on a Wednesday just to listen to it before work. It would not surprise no. me. And when she isn't working on a Wednesday, she'll stay up to get listen at midnight. There are some weirdos in the world, and then, we seem to be drawing them to us. Dedicated <laughs> listeners. Dedicated listeners. That's a much better way. Noble listeners. Yeah. Much better way of describing them than weirdos. Way better than the other two that just don't even bother listening anymore. <laughs> the people who just lurk in that group don't even listen anymore. Yeah. Tut tut, motherfuckers. Tut tut, you lazy motherfuckers. Every we week... can say what we want because they don't fucking yeah. listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every week we put ourselves out to entertain you. And every week... You specifically. Yeah. You two specifically. This whole <laughs> podcast is aimed at you. Yeah. It is. This is our love letter to you, and you don't care anymore. You just don't even care anymore. You're like every woman I've ever known. Oh, bless. <laughs> so I've had a really good week, actually. Have you? As I mentioned last week. I don't week. like it when you have good weeks, because you're insufferable. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Can you not tell? Like, I've done nothing but laugh since you've I sat down. You've been cheerful, yeah. you've cut your facial hair, you're dressed like a fucking... I thought you were a bloody London East End gangster when you walked in. <laughs> I was going for, you know, 1970 Beatle. <laughs> with, uh, with uh, Sergeant Pepper's... With a uh, Sergeant Pepper's tash. Tash. Handlebar moustache, which I'm really <laughs> proud of. <laughs> I only decided to cut in about... 15 minutes before I came to your house. <laughs> Which is why it looks a bit shit. And he's, and he's <laughs> he needs to see some cleaning up. Just like, I know what will make Rooney happy if I go full John Old Lennon. facial hair. <laughs> yeah, I love a good bit, good bit of old facial yeah, hair. I mean, you're rocking the cartoon villain goatee. And I'm, <laughs> I'm rocking the John Lennon, Sergeant Pepper's <laughs> handlebar moustache. I think we make a good pair. <laughs> I was thinking about shaving mine off the other day. And then I found no. a picture on my phone of what I looked like yeah. without it. And I was like... No, that's not happening ever again. No one's going to see my chin until I die. I say, you will look so much younger. I always look so much younger. Oh, yeah, it makes me look yeah. a lot younger. But a lot less dis- distinguished, I feel. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, at this point, I don't think I could deal with you about no. a beard. <laughs> it would be too weird. It's odd because it makes the lower half of my face look really young. Yeah. But then with my with the grey hair creeping in yeah. and the, the frinkles on my forehead... Like it kind of clashes somewhere around like my nose yeah. and my face doesn't know what it's doing. It's like the bottom half of you got in the time machine, but the top half got stuck here. <laughs> I think I think Amy's just moisturising the, the yeah. lower half of my face with like oil of ole yeah. or something while I sleep. And you're like, I've had enough fucking tash rash. When I do let you go down there, <laughs> I want it to be smooth. 
I don't give a fuck that I haven't shaved and you're going to get Tash Rash. I want to Why do you think I grew this in the first place, mate? I got this protection. Yep. Fight fire with fire. <laughs> Tell that faithful day that your pubes get interlocked. They get entwined. <laughs> your moustache gets interlocked with our pubes. Oh, no. My face will just have to remain buried in pussy. What a shame. <laughs> Sorry, can't come to work today. Face buried in pussy. Face buried in pussy, boss. Yeah, that's right. Phone high five. <laughs> P.S. You do know just a simple pair of scissors could just, you know, release you from your, from your pussy bondage. <laughs> if you wish to be released. Though. Scissors is the safe word. Yeah. <laughs> what she doesn't know is I'm down there tying knots in yeah. the hair. I'm not going to fucking work today. <laughs> I've watched 17 How to Braid Your Hair videos on YouTube. Now I'm going to braid beard and pubes. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so why was your week good? I just did. Like... We, need to, we need to get off of this smut thing we're on. We're not mocking people. We've just gone full on filth so far today. We haven't done so much filth in a while. Yeah, but it's all about us, which oh, is yeah. making this probably very uncomfortable for some people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a public service announcement. Public service announcement. If you actually know us, don't listen to this episode. Ever. <laughs> you may want to just go and, and hero because you can't get this what you've just heard out of your head. As previously mentioned last week, I had a rough couple of months, but this week I definitely feel like I turn, turned it around. I absolutely feel like myself again. Did no. you finally order those sounding probes for your dick? You finally, you finally accepted that's what you needed in your life. No, no what happened, don't talk about smut, Rooney. Yeah. Rooney immediately talks about smut. So what happened? My order of gangster rap uh, indoctrinated cheese turned up, and <laughs> <laughs> I stuffed my face, and now I feel much, much better. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you want some of that cheese I've got downstairs? The sticky toffee pudding one? No, 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 no. No, I can't eat it. It's it's horrendous. Yeah, so I, I feel like myself again. I feel like I turned a corner this week, and I've come out. Of the doldrums, and now I'm no more melancholy for a while. I hope, <laughs> and I rediscovered the Beatles. Yes, which is just what's the word? It was like an injection of steroids just to my good. Reinvigorated mode. Yeah. you. Driving to work on Tuesday, I had one of my normal playlists on. Come together, come on! And I was like, Do you know what? It's been so <laughs> long since I listened to the Beatles. And I'd only put this playlist on because I couldn't decide what to listen to in the morning. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what mood I'm in today. Yeah. <laughs> am I a gangster? Am I a 90s indie boy? Like, what am I? And then come together, come on. And by the end of it, I was like, I know who I am. I am a <laughs> transcendental 60s pop star. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then literally every all I've listened to since is The Beatles. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Drive everyone mad at work just by <laughs> singing The Beatles. Tuesday got so bad that by the middle of the afternoon they turned the radio off and just put the Beatles on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just wandering around singing different <laughs> Beatles songs to myself. Oh, Lord. It was just Beatles week this week. And uh, yeah, so uh, Tuesday someone said to me, Have you seen that documentary on oh, Disney? Yeah. And I was like, No. They were like, You should check it out. It's really good. And I was like, All right. So I went home. I was like, Oh, three episodes. That's fine. I can <laughs> smash this out this week. Press play on the first one about an hour in. I'm like, oh, I really need to pee. The end must, the end of the episode <laughs> must be soon, right? So I paused it, checked it. I was like, what? This episode's three hours long. Oh. So <laughs> I smashed out all three of them this week. Oof, god damn. <laughs> Did the last four hours on Friday night. <laughs> that's, that's a long documentary. It is, but. Was it divided up by like eras or something? No, no, no. It's all about Let It Be album. 
Oh, okay. So by the time... Fucking hell. <laughs> well, the making of the Let It Be album yeah. and everything else. So in 66, they decided they weren't going to tour anymore. Yeah. Right? Do you know what? I'm just going to segue into my actual intro. Segue into your actual intro. <laughs> Which is the Beatles. Which is the Beatles. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> the Beatles were an English rock band formed in Liverpool in 1960 that comprised John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison and Ringo Starr. Uh, they're regarded as the most influential band of all time and were integral to the development of 1960s counterculture and popular music's recognition as an art form. Rooted in skiffle beat and 1950s rock and roll, their sound incorporated elements of classical music and traditional pop in innovative ways. The band also explored music styles ranging from folk and Indian music to psychedelia and hard rock. As pioneers in recording, songwriting and artistic presentation, the Beatles revolutionised many aspects of the music industry and were often publicised as leaders of the era's youth and socio-cultural movements. Led by, <coughs> led by primary songwriters Lennon and McCartney, the Beatles evolved from Lennon's previous group, the Quarrymen, mm. and built their reputation playing clubs in Liverpool and Hamburg over three years from 1960, initially with Stuart Sutcliffe playing bass. The core trio of Lennon, McCartney and Harrison, uh, together since 1958, went through a succession of drummers, including Pete Best, before asking Ringo Starr to join them in 1962. Manager Brian Epstein moulded them into a professional act, and producer George Martin guided and developed their recordings, greatly expanding their domestic success after signing to EMI Records um, and achieving their first hit, Love Me Do, in late 1962. As their popularity grew... Sorry, I'm not meant to be spitting all over your room. <laughs> As their pop the first time. popularity grew in, into the intense fan frenzy dubbed Beatlemania, the band acquired the nickname The Fab Four, with Epstein, Martin, or a number, another member of the band's entourage, sometimes informally referred to as Fifth Beatle. <sighs> By 1964, <laughs> the Beatles were international stars and had achieved unprecedented levels of critical and commercial success. They became a leading force in Britain's cultural resurgence, ushering in the British invasion of the United States pop market and soon made their film debut with A Hard Day's Night. A growing desire to refine their studio efforts, coupled with the untenable nature of their concert tours, led to the band's retirement from live performances in 1966. At this time, they produced records of greater sophistication, including the, al the albums Robber Soul, Revolver and Sgt Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and enjoyed further commercial success with The Beatles, also known as The White Album, uh, in 1968 and Abbey Road in 1969. The success of these records heralded the album era, as albums become the dominant form of record consumption over singles. They also increased public interest in psychedelic drugs and Eastern spirituality, and furthered advancements in electronic music, album art, and music... <coughs> Sorry and music videos. In 1968, they founded Apple Corps, a multi-armed multimedia corporation that continues to oversee projects related to the band's legacy. After the group's breakup in 1970, all pr principal former members enjoyed success as solo artists, and some partial reunions have occurred. Lennon was murdered in 1980, and Harrison died of lung cancer in 2001. McCartney and Starr remain musically active. The Beatles are the best-selling music act of all time, with estimated sales of 600 million units worldwide. They hold the record for the most number one albums on the UK Albums Chart, most number one hits on the US Billboard Hot 100 Chart, 
and most singles sold in the UK, 21.9 million. The band received many, many accolades, including seven, seven Grammy Awards, four Brit Awards. Didn't even know the Brit Awards were around. <laughs> I think they're probably posthumous yeah. ones. Uh, no, no, no. I've, I've seen footage. Oh, really? Yeah. 90s, wow. 1960s Brit Awards. Uh, an Academy Award for Best Original Song Score from the 1970 documentary film Let It Be. <laughs> and 15, I have a Novella Awards, which were songwriting awards. Mm. They were included into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1988, and each principal member was inducted individually between 94 and 2015. In 2004 and 2011, the group topped Rolling Stone's list of the greatest artists in history. Time magazine named them among the 20th century's 100 most important people. And just remember, if everyone reading Wikipedia was to donate £2, Wikipedia would be funded for the next three years overnight. I did literally just can't paste that. That is the intro on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, I know, because I've read it before. Normally, I would <laughs> I would read it all and I would take snippets, but I was like, this is the fucking Beatles. Like, I'll be here for a week and I won't even scrape the surface. So I'm just going to take this already written bit This bit here, which this on. nice summary that yeah. has been written quite professionally. But anyway, so... Was that just for anyone who doesn't know who the Beatles are? Yeah. Do we? Have you ever met someone who didn't know who the Beatles were? Yes, this week, but we'll, what? We'll, we'll get back to that later, right? So in '66, they quit touring mm. and they went on. They made a few albums, as I just said. But in 1970, I think things tensions were fraught within <laughs> the Beatles. Yoko was there, yeah, um, and it was just not they. None of them in this documentary look entirely happy. Ringo <laughs> looks like he's out of his face 99 percent of the time. <laughs> Like, just all, all manner of drugs. But um, so they decide to get together. They're going to, they haven't played live in four years. Yeah. They're going to get together and write an album. And then they're going to, the idea is they're going to do a big gig and they're going to record the album live. So no overdubs, no, yeah. none of that studio trickery that the Beatles <laughs> basically revolutionized. So they get together and they got no songs. And it's so like the first part is them in this soundstage they'd hired in mm. Twickenham. And it's it's not good. It ends with George leaving the band. <laughs> They're not... John Lennon's late every day. He looks like he hasn't washed. He's wearing the same clothes half the time. Just looks like he's, like, <laughs> just doing way too many drugs. And, like, he says Pretty at accurate. one point, when Paul's really annoyed with him, he's like, sorry, I stayed up too late last night. I was stoned watching films. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, my God, you are my spirit animal. <laughs> um and, and so then in the middle part, they move, they build their own studio in Apple headquarters. Mm. And in the last one, they end up on the roof doing yeah. the famous roof gig because everybody except the four of them is trying to get them to go do a gig in Africa or <laughs> like this big old yeah. world ruin in Africa. They, they're like, be the best thing in the world or just do something massive to kind of end this film they're making, which was the Let It Be documentary. Yeah. Um. But in the end, the only thing they can all decide on is we'll just jump on the roof. Let's go on the roof. But there's yeah. like 24 hours left. They don't even know how to play the songs. They've, <laughs> they've written a bunch of songs. It's only 24 hours before this gig that they sit down and make a list and they go, huh, we have actually got enough songs for an album. But half of them aren't finished and we only know how to play half of them. So we'll just rehearse them and we'll do them on the roof and the rest of them we can just record in the studio, which is like Let It Be, The Long and Winding Road, all these songs that have like strings and, yeah. and stuff on them. But it is fascinating, like to watch them actually write songs, mm. to watch master craftsmen like them <laughs> do it. I'm just sat there, like there's one point, 
I've never been a fan, real big fan of the song Get Back. I was always like, at this, mm. at this point in the Beatles' career, shouldn't you just be like just doing the weird drug songs? Like, <laughs> I want more I Am The Walrus and <laughs> Lucy in the Sky, not these like like little rock songs you do. Little mid-of-the-road rock songs. Yeah, I fucking love Get Back now. But <laughs> there's a point when Paul's just sat there on his own, he's got his bass and he's playing his bass riff all the way through it. He's playing, he's playing, and suddenly he starts humming the, the melody mm. for the verses. And then he just starts singing the chorus out of nowhere. He's just sat there. George comes and sits down and starts playing along with him. Then Ringo comes and sits down and starts singing backing vocals for him. Then he cuts to Ringo on drums, playing drums to it and singing backing vocals. <laughs> and then, all this is happening just because they're waiting for John to turn up because he's late every day. And then he just turns up. He has a look around, picks up his guitar and just starts playing this song that they are in the process of writing yeah. that he's never heard before. He's just watches him for about 10 seconds and goes, huh, picks up his guitar. And That's the playing. joy to being like a, an actual musician. Oh my God, <laughs> you don't realise just how good. Like it's, like, it's one thing in your head to be like, oh, they're good musicians, the Beatles. Yeah. But to actually sit and watch them craft these songs and just watch John Lennon play guitar and watch Ringo start playing the piano. At one point, Ringo's playing piano, and I'm like, I didn't even know you could play piano. <laughs> didn't even know you could do that. Let alone that good. <laughs> and they're all jumping, they're doing like, what well, I didn't see until the Coopers because, you know, I wasn't alive in the 60s. But they're all jumping from instruments yeah. and they're all playing different things. There's one point during Let It Be where John's playing bass and he looks so bored. He just lays down on lays down on the floor where Yoko is playing bass. Yoko's there the whole time. She never leaves. Yeah. But growing up, it was always Yoko split up the Beatles. But I'm watching it and I'm like, I cannot see what Yoko done wrong. And none of them have any problem with Yoko being in the room. Yeah, Yoko was... was- was that generation's Meghan Markle. Oh, absolutely. Basically. Just someone they, knew- She was vilified. They yeah. needed someone to blame yeah. for for the end of something that they liked. They couldn't, she was probably convenient. couldn't get their head around the fact that, like, you know, the Beatles will just come to a point where they spent too much time together. Like, they've all got their own in- family's yeah. interests. And every time they come together, the egos are so big that they're clashing. People don't want to think about it like that, so they just put it all on Yoko. Was, I mean, and it- I'm not saying Yoko made things better. No. Because she was a major distraction to John. But in this footage I saw, she doesn't do anything wrong. No. At one point, like at three different points, they they got, they just do freak out jams. It's Paul McCartney (laughs) on drums, John's on guitar or bass, and Yoko's just sat there screaming down the mic. And it goes on for like five minutes. They're just playing these jams where they're all just playing this like, what's the word I'm looking for? It begins with a D. Dissident kind of noise it's feedback <laughs> and Paul playing his really weird drum fills over and over again and they're uh, just ah! down the mic and I'm like they all seem to be having a whale of a time, time. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's so it's it's long yeah but you expect it to be long <laughs> because Peter Jackson directed it. oh it's Peter Jackson it's like 60 hours of footage whittled down to nine by Peter Jackson and you're like oh I see. It's a Peter Jesus. Jackson production. Yeah. yeah. But it is fascinating. Uh, for me, personally, it is absolutely fascinating. I'm sure 90% of the world would be like, yeah, I could take 20 minutes of it. Much as I like the Beatles, I don't think I could sit through nine hours of documentary about one album. <laughs> I've seen plenty of documentaries of theirs, and I've I've read biographies, autobiographies, yeah, yeah. and various other things, and that it breaks it up nicely. Yeah. Nice little chunks. What's the one by... Um, John, one of John Lennon's ex-wives. Oh, Cynthia. Yeah. Cynthia, Cynthia. I think that's on... That one was good. That was a I really haven't good seen one, that actually. one. I also... Oh, it's a book. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would like to read that. 
I think it's, it's that one. By I also hour. watched a documentary because you know nine hours wasn't enough. <laughs> I, yesterday, I, yesterday I also watched another two hours documentary by Ron Howard. It's about the touring years. Yeah. So it was like those are. Oh my god! I have. <laughs> I. I don't know how they toured for as long as they did. Yeah. When you see the footage of what Beatlemania actually is, like, their gigs, people are dying, or not dying, people are severely <laughs> people injured. Like collapsing, crushed, getting injured. And, and there's, there's no health and safety whatsoever. No. It was literally just open the doors, yeah. let the people in. But just them walking the streets, like, yeah. all that stuff you see in, like, Help or Hard Day's Night, whichever film it is where they're getting chased. Yeah. And that's the idea of Beatlemania that you haven't yet all true yeah like this footage from this ron howard documentary i'm like surprised they toured for as long as they did yeah it looked just looks incredibly stressful yeah absolutely yeah. like not just stressful but at this point they're playing like you can kind of get the feeling that they want to do more yeah but they're still having to play these three minute pop songs they wrote at the beginning yeah, of their career because as that's well. what that's everybody what wants the, they yeah. want that's what the world wants from at that point yeah at one point they're playing Shea Stadium. Oh, yeah. Which is the big famous gig. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, Shea Stadium. And then it turns out, like in this documentary, <laughs> they reveal that the, they had no PA. The crowd could only listen to what they were playing from the tannoys that they used to announce. Wow. And they show you a bit of footage and it sounds awful. That and how dreadful. then anybody hears it over the top of the, just their constant, the constant screaming. screaming. At one point, Ringo's like the screaming got so much that I couldn't I couldn't hear what yeah, they were playing. I've heard them say that before. They it couldn't was, hear what they were doing on stage because of the crowd. It's like I literally had to watch John and Paul from behind and when they would see when they were tapping their foot or when they wiggled their bum to see where we were in the song, because I had no idea. But they played flawlessly. <laughs> yeah. Because they're all obviously incredible musicians. I've got some recordings somewhere from the Shea Stadium gig. Yeah. And yeah, like once they start. 90% of it is just this wave of shouts and screaming. And Teenage girls like, screaming. Wow. Oprah was on this one because she was like, um, <laughs> back then it was all civil rights. Yeah, yeah. It was massive. She was like, I got, no one could understand why I had an affinity for these white people, <laughs> these white men, but I never saw them as white. The Beatles were never white to me. The Beatles were just the Beatles. Yeah. And I was like, so even in 1960s America where like, Racial segregation was still a place. The Beatles were able to they usurp were transcending that. Yeah. race. Yeah. It's incredible when you can become <laughs> so universally liked that people don't even see your skin colour anymore. See, we're going to have to go in Smith the opposite. Back in the day. We're going to go in the opposite tack. Yeah. We're going to be so universally loathed <laughs> <laughs> that people won't be able to, like, they won't be able to help but see how white we are. <laughs> if anybody's got spare nine hours, get back the Disney Plus documentary on the Beatles is fascinating. If anyone's watch. got spare nine hours, just just give Reggie a call because yeah. seriously, he'll talk your fucking ear off. I've basically said nothing for the last what twenty five minutes. <laughs> it's about time. It's, a, it's about time I carried the podcast. It's been a good hundred episodes. It's just disconcerting. Yeah. I'm like, well, what the fuck do I do now? It's like I did not expect good mood. And a fucking oral essay on the Beatles. This if morning. I'd known, I'd have taken some ibuprofen because this load off my back and that would have been marvellous. It's just genius. Like at one point, they're all in this soundstage. It's quite near the beginning of recording or rehearsing, as they call it. <laughs> and each member of the Beatles, is, aside from Paul, is in, are in different places in the mm. room. Some of them, like Ringo's, they're, they're, 
Like one of them, they're trying to convince them to do this gig in Africa. Someone else is trying to talk someone into actually, like, you know, writing songs. They're like, all the, at every point, there's about 20 other people in the room. Yeah. Which, um, which fascinated me because I'm like, I would need to be locked in a room on my own with a guitar to write a song. Yeah. To but fully when focus. We were, when we were recording or rehearsing, it was like, no, the band is here yeah. because we're the ones making music, everyone else out. Yeah, except for Dave. Dave used to turn up a lot. Oh, Dave did used to turn up. But, but Dave was normally high on Xanax. So yeah, he was he was basically a piece yeah. of the furniture yeah. by that point. <laughs> yeah, he used to roll for us, so it was all good. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so they're all talking, and you, and the camera goes to each one, and you get a little snippet of each conversation. But in the background, you can just hear Paul McCartney figuring out Let It Be. Yeah. And you can hear him, he's playing it, and he stops, and he plays it a bit more, and he stops. Then the... And then, like, uh, in a later part of the documentary, he goes back to it and he's playing it, and the producer comes over and puts in the um, the musical little break, the dun, 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 yeah. suggests that to him, and he figures out. But this earlier point, the whole time, like, they're going from conversation to conversation, <laughs> I'm just like, Paul's playing he's Let It Be! writing Let, Let It Be! In the background, and all you're concerned about is him trying to convince the Beatles to do stuff the Beatles don't want to do. <laughs> Focus on Paul! He's writing one of the greatest songs ever written. Yeah, we've spoken before about, like, the tonal whiplash we must give our listeners. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. we have full-on done that today because we've gone from the smut... To, to the like your earnest gushing over the Beatles, I fucking Just love the Beatles like that. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I feel like towards the end of my last, last two months last year, when I was in a bad way, I didn't really represent. <laughs> And the best version of me didn't turn up to podcast. I was just bringing fucking articles every week. So. <laughs> now I've turned a corner and we're in 2023. I feel like we need to bring some real intro stuff like the Beatles, not just articles. And I also feel like we need to give people tonal whiplash more and more because that is what the foundation is podcast. That's, that's what that's what the people love. They, yeah. they love to go from us talking very earnestly and sensibly about something that's completely safe for work to something that you wouldn't discuss with with a hooker on the street. Um, how, how far are we in? We are 58 and a half minutes in. Uh, we've got time for this one last bit of the intro. <laughs> oh, God. The return of the generic music quiz. Oh, God. The These Beatles always make edition. me look so bad. The Beatles edition. I'm not asking you for album names because I couldn't, as much as I've sat here earnestly and talked about how much I love the Beatles, Half the songs, I wouldn't even know what album they're on. Yeah, no, me neither. So I'm not asking you for that. I'm not asking you for artists because we know they're all the Beatles. Right? I know I, all the Beatles songs were either on the Red album or the Blue album. Yeah. <laughs> or Anthology 1, 2, or 3. That's it. <laughs> so I'm basically, I'm going to read the lyric. You're going to tell me the song, right? <laughs> this is going to make me look dreadful. I, I've, I've, I've we might have technical difficulties here when I go. Depending <laughs> on how badly this goes, there may be technical difficulties. <laughs> Sorry, this part of the file was corrupted. The tape skipped. I when I came up with this yesterday, when I decided I'm going to try again, <laughs> I was like, I've got to make it easy for him. I've got to give. Which him, just makes it worse when I get it wrong. <laughs> got to put, give him songs that there's a chance he will know because they're popular. It's not like I'm taking obscure lyrics from like Dear Prudence. All right, I've gone for. I'd probably do better with that. <laughs> pretty classic Beatles songs, okay. right? Okay. So number one, I am he, as you are he, as you are me, and we are all together. I am the walrus. Yes. Um, cuckoo, cuckoo. Do you want something to to keep track of my score on? Um, no, I, I can do it myself. I just put a little tick next to it. Okay. Um, Question two. 
All the lonely people, where do they all come from? I know the song, what the fuck is it called? Ah, look at all the lonely people. Dun, 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 Eleanor Rigby. Yep. Yeah. Ah, oh, two for two. <laughs> I'm having to play the song in my yeah. head. <laughs> um, one of my all-time favourite Beatles lines. She said that living with me was bringing her down. She would never be free when I was around. Oh, oh God. Would you like some help with the melody? <laughs> yes. She said that living with me was bringing her down. down. Yeah. She would never be free when, when I was around. Ticket to Ride. Yes. One of my top three favourite Beatles, all-time Beatles songs. Right. This one should be easy. But now these days are gone. I'm not so self-assured. Now I find I've changed my mind and opened up the doors. Oh, my God. What is it called? This game is also... Because that was covered by um, Thingy as well. So I hope you're playing along. Yeah, Noel Gallagher did a slowed down version of it at one point. Help. Yes. I've, I mean, I already ticked it for you. So <laughs> that's how confident I was. I'm like, I know that. this. No, it was, it was covered by somebody else as well. I'm sure it's when been covered a hundred times. Someone like that. It is that song. Like, yeah. Um, but well, you should know that it's a fool who plays it cool by making his world a little colder. Colder. Na, 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 na. <laughs> I'll give you a tick for that one. Because <laughs> if you haven't got it... Hey, yet, Jude. Yeah. All right, you're five for five so far. <laughs> I used to listen to the Beatles a lot. I know, which is why I felt I, I haven't listened to the Beatles in... <laughs> God, apart from the odd song, in maybe 10, 15 years? I was probably 10 years. Yeah. Aside, except for the odd song. The like, odd song creeping in. Made it into a playlist, yeah. yeah. Um, that's but because I know that we were both huge Beatles fans <laughs> back in the day, I felt confident if I kept it to the popular songs, it'd be all right. Um, picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Somebody calls you, you answer quite slowly. Uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. With kaleidoscope eyes. Yep. Yeah. My introduction to that song was the um, Elton John cover. Oh, really? Because my dad was a huge Elton John fan, yeah, yeah. and it was one of the tapes in the car that used to get played on car journeys, and it was Elton John's version of that song that introduced me to it. Ah, I didn't even know there was a cover. Right, you're six for six. Boom. See, see if we can get ten out of ten. <laughs> Turn off your mind, relax, and float downstream. It is not dying. Oh, holy fuck. Turn off your mind, relax, and float down. Oh, what is that it song called? It is not dying. dying. It is not dying. And it's got the droning thing in the background. The backwards guitars and the yeah, and the drum line that was basically oh, repurposed and set in some by Chemical Brothers. Uh, I'm only sleeping. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you a clue because I really want you to get a 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, uh, what is the, the clue is from another song. I can't get it in my head now. Fuck. Um, Tomorrow Never Knows? That's the one. And the clue was that it was, I was going to sing Morning Glory to you. Stop right before. Uh, all right. Tomorrow Never Knows. When I was like, it's, it's one of these three songs. Yeah. I can't think of which one it is. Uh, that's seven. 
from seven. Um, this one should be easy. Not long putting pressure on you. Uh, there's nothing you can do that can't be done. There's nothing you can sing that can't be sung. Again, oh. I know the fucking song. Oh, oh, oh. What? Monsieur Rooney. My national anthem <laughs> starts this entire song. It does. <laughs> Worst impression ever. Lo uh, love is all you need. Uh, all you need is love. Yeah, all right, I'll give you that. <laughs> right, number nine. He said, I know you. You know me. One thing I can tell you is you've got to be free. Uh, come together. Yes. It's so hard to read these without <laughs> the melody. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I listen to the words. I'm like, well, I know the words, yeah. but there's no, what? How does that fit with the melody? Um, listeners, if you play along with us, I want to know what your scores are. Yeah, give us your score. Rooney's got nine out of nine so far. No pressure. Last one. Dear sir, madam, will you read my book? Paperback writer. Years to write. Will you take a look? I fucking, this is in my top three Beatles songs. Amy and I spontaneously burst into that song the other day. I can't, what was it? Something, someone said something. Yeah. And uh, there was like, oh yeah, it's a paperback writer. And we were like, paperback writer. <laughs> Cody just looked at us like we'd gone yeah. mad. <laughs> fucking love that song. Although, like, some of the, what I've learned this week is, this was going to be my other thing that I was going to bring. <laughs> But we run out of time with <laughs> yeah. some Beatles lyrics have not aged well. Like no. in, in Paperback Writer, he's quite proud that he works for the Daily Mail. Oh, yes. <laughs> there's other songs as well where there's lyrics in it, and I'm like, oh, you've not really, that's not really aged very well. No. But again, like 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 a lot of stuff we've covered on this, oh, it's yeah. a product of its of its time. She said so, she's in love with me. In that one, he says, she's my little girl. <laughs> And I'm like... Yeah, but as we have established, you have hang-ups with yeah, things like that. I was like, in the 60s, that was probably fine. But in 2022, or 2023, sorry, I'm a bit... I don't know, <laughs> some people like being called a little girl. Yeah. I ain't saying no more than that, but some people do enjoy that. Roxanne, you're a good little girl. <laughs> <laughs> and she's out again. <laughs> Sploosh! <laughs> Baby's good to me, you know. She's happy as can be, you know. She's a she water said, feature. Down, 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 down. She's in love with Tajik and she feels wet. <laughs> Moist. She's so wet. She's my good girl. <laughs> I'm dressed as a beer. I've got a. Do you two want some time alone? <laughs> me and the mic. <laughs> No, no, that's my mic. Yeah. I don't want nothing. I don't want no bodily fluids on there that ain't mine. <laughs> so we watched a film this week. Welcome uh, back, family members. Yeah, the everybody that knows that. Reggie in real life, uh, yeah. welcome back. Nice of you to join us again. Thank you for coming back. Uh, we did. We watched a film. <laughs> yeah, we did. A film that when I realised this was next last week, I was super excited because I've been waiting for this. And... Uh, when it came to actually sitting down, writing my notes and figuring out what I wanted to say about it, I was over it. I was on the Beatles. See, <laughs> I had kind of the opposite experience because I was like, oh, Richie hasn't messaged me about what we're watching this week. Schedule. And then Amy was like, is it, a, is it a Marvel one? I was like, oh, good point. What one's up next? I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, Thor Dark World, that's bullshit. I don't want this stupid fucking film. And I sat down and I moaned about it and I bitched and I moaned. And then I put it on. And some of my notes, especially my early notes, <laughs> it's going to be very clear. It's going to be like me last week, right? But I, uh, yeah, I owe this film an apology. 
since it came out, I've been bitching and moaning <coughs> and telling everyone how shit it is. I know this is the majority of people's least favourite Marvel film, which I never got my head around because I actually really enjoyed it. My least favourite Marvel film is Guardians of the, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Most people, because mine is Guardians of the Galaxy too, so I'm really dreading that month. Yeah, likewise. But I know from listening to podcasts and just reading shit mm. everywhere, not many people have a lot of love for this film. Yeah, which I, I don't find get it. Bemusing. I didn't. I, I, with me, it was a case of I didn't remember ninety percent of this film. I didn't remember a lot of it, and the bits I did remember were the weak parts. Yeah. So yeah. clearly, I yeah. focused. I was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, I think I'll, I'll burn this note right now because it is relevant. My opening note is, ah, well, my, as I wrote it originally, my note was, ah, another fucking Thor film that's nearly two hours. Yeah. And then obviously I got to the end of it and I was like, no, actually, that didn't seem like it was two hours no, and I thought, really all. enjoyed it. But I'll, we'll get to that. I watched it twice <coughs> and enjoyed it both times. Yeah. So just in case anybody missed that, we are watching Thor The Dark World, or we yeah. watched Thor The Dark World. There are weeks week. that even when I enjoyed the film and I give it a good score, the second watch through to write my notes is, yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck's sake, I should have just written my notes last night. <laughs> even though I like the film. But this time I thoroughly enjoyed watching it both times. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. So, I've got got loads of trivia, because obviously it's an MCU film. Trivia! I expect you to do the harmony to that as well, so we can make it sound like the Beatles. Do you know what? I was actually very tempted to do a harmony then. (laughs) Next one. No, the moment has passed. Oh, we can go proper Lennon and McCartney and sing to the same mic. Three, two, one. Trivia! And that's why our band's never made it anywhere. Help. <laughs> we need somebody. <laughs> Someone to do that third harmony. Not just anybody. <laughs> oh, do you know what I did? Sorry, just uh, oh, one last thing. Do you know what I did the other day at work? No. Regaled everyone with my karaoke classic. Oh, God. <laughs> Yellow submarine. Yellow fucking submarine. Exactly the same way I would do it drunk to annoy people. See, what, what galls me most about your karaoke performances of Yellow Submarine is that at the time nobody had a smartphone. <laughs> because if we did, that would be Patreon content yeah, right there. Absolutely, yeah. Just, that would be like mid tier Patreon content. You'd have to do like the three or four people before me that are all really taking it seriously and really very focused showing on because they can actually sing. Yeah. Only for me to. I hasten to add that was never me, by the way. No, I hate no, karaoke no, no, no. You because hate I can sing. Yeah. And that's not the point of karaoke. You'd always get really annoyed at karaoke. I'd be like, look, just give me a couple of bits. I used to get annoyed because people would be like, Rooney, go and sing this. Yeah. Rooney, go and sing that. When are you getting up, Rooney? I'd be like, no, you're missing the point. <laughs> I'm not doing something for free that I could get paid for. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, I'm six beers in. Fuck it. Let me come and show these cups. <laughs> I'd rock up there, beer in one hand, cigarette in the other. I pick, <laughs> kind of juggle the mic and cigarette yeah. in one hand because it was the 90s and you could still you smoke. You still smoke indoors. Everywhere. And I just, <laughs> the song would start and everyone would be looking at me like, oh, he's going to do the Beatles. And then, yeah. <laughs> in the town. Where I was, I was born. born. <laughs> there lived a man. He's out to sea. He's out to sea. <laughs> and I would do the house. We all live in a yellow submarine. A yellow submarine. And for the, that would be it, guys, for the whole song. 
that was what we got. And it was just a turn into that scene in Blues Brothers. Do you know where they're in like they're, they're in like the the biker bar and they're trying to do so and everyone's throwing beer bottles. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like that. Yeah. On at least one occasion, um, the whoever was running it wasn't a DJ, but cut whoever me off was doing, like. yeah, cut you off halfway through the song. Halfway just through the song, just off. turned it off. I'm like, no, love that next. <laughs> That got a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, for the anyway, Dark World. <laughs> Lord of Dark World. It's released 22nd of October, 2013. Oh. I thought it was earlier than that, but it... I thought it was earlier given when all the other films were released. Until that scene at the end where they're all sitting around the breakfast table and you see the calendar in the background that says 25. All right, smart ass. Oh, I, I, was, paying that much I was only clearly. paying attention to it because I was mostly sat there thinking... How do a bunch of like fucking people that don't ever seem to do a day's work live in such it's, a nice it's flat Jane in London? Foster's mum's house. Oh, okay. So clearly the Fosters are moneyed individuals yeah. because they have they maintain what appears to be a townhouse yeah, in, in London. London. Yeah. And they don't live there. They yeah. just keep it for when their, their daughter wants to live there. Yeah. Uh, a budget of 160 million US dollars. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah. Every single penny of it. Uh, box office, 644.8 million US dollars. So 580. I'll take your word for that. Yeah. About, um, five, about 580. It's wild looking at figures like that. Yeah. Compared to last, yeah, week's, last, week. last week's one when they made less in profit than the budget for this yeah. film. Um, directed by Alan Taylor, who also directed Terminator Genesis and Palookaville. I have not seen either of them and I've never heard of him. No, nope, me neither. But he does. That's a very good job. I very didn't think it was him. Film. I thought it was Matey who did Ragnarok. Oh, oh, Tika Waititi. Tika Waititi. I don't want to pronounce his name. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. That's how I've heard it pronounced by other English no, people. No, there's, there's like eighty percent less jokes in this. Yeah, I which have is probably on that. why I enjoyed this more than the later four films. Yeah. Um, story <laughs> by Don Payne and Robert Rodat, based on obviously Thor, created by Stan Lee, yeah. Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby, <laughs> produced by Kevin Feige. Why do people have stupid names? I'm sorry, guys, but these names are ridiculous. Yeah, everyone should just have a normal name like Rooney. Well, wait till I get into, like, the starring, because most of them have got sensible names. Starring Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tom Hiddleston, Stellan Skarsgård. All right, but, you know, I like him, so I can get away with it. Idris Elba. Yeah. Christopher Eccleston, Kat Dennings, Rennie Russo, and Anthony Hopkins. You think Idris Elba is a normal name? I can pronounce it. Okay. Therefore, it's a normal name. <laughs> okay, so the normal scale is based on what I can pronounce, what I can confidently pronounce. Okay. So no one in Japan has a, has a normal <laughs> No, because Hayao Miyazaki, I can pronounce that. Which Hideo me, Kojima. Have you seen the film Ev- Everything Everywhere All at Once? I have not. Somebody this week told me I should watch it and I would really enjoy it. It's supposed to be really, really good. Somebody at work told me that they had to watch it more than once to yep. figure out what was going on. They couldn't predict it. And then they followed it up with, it's Japanese. You will really like it. Coming off the back of last week's episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's got, uh, what's her name in it as well? Uh, Michelle. Michelle Yeo, yeah. yeah. And I have got such a crush for that older Asian lady. I was meant to watch it this week so I could talk about it next week at work. And I spent too much time watching Beatles and Four. Yeah, you (laughs) haven't really got much time left at the weekend. I'll have to do it. Watch it tomorrow night. And then, <laughs> we're not training tomorrow night, are we? No. Oh, okay, I'll watch it tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Uh, Chris Hemsworth grew out his hair for over a year to have more authentic long hair rather than use a wig like he did in the original Thor film. I, I did definitely think Thor... It, Thor's it's a definite improvement. entire look just takes a step up in it this It does. Film. Yeah. It's far more... It's less comic book and more realistic, yeah. which obviously works better. While still being true to the comic book somehow. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Uh, this is the last movie written by Don Payne, who also wrote... Uh, the first Thor film, yeah. uh, he died from bone cancer before this movie was released. Oh, rest in peace, Don Payne. Uh, Chris Hemsworth improvised hanging Mjolnir on a coat hook in a polite manner after he'd been playing with it between takes. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. I like that because I see him do it and I was like, it's going to pull it off the wall. Oh, no, it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Mew Mew. It can do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the prologue was filmed in a blend of live action and CGI as the Asgardian and Dark Elf costumes were too constrictive to fight effectively and convincingly in. Uh, there are only three characters played by human actors in the entire scene. Malekith, Curse, and Bore. Everyone else in that is CGI. Interesting. I'm going to burn my first note. With those featureless white masks, the Dark Elves look awesome and unsettling. They look like a Doctor Who villain. They do, but there's something about taking features off her face yes that just makes it super unsettling to me i don't think I've, i don't think i included the note here but it's it's relevant they remind me of do you remember in 300 when they're like bringing the eternals the eternals yes they remind me of that yeah. they um what they wanted to do for them was to make them more haughty and like royal like elves basically yeah. they're, they're stuck up elves so the the masks and the helmets that they wear were designed to that the eyes, so the eyes were slightly further down the face oh, okay. for the wearers, yeah. so that they had to tilt their head back, which adjusted their whole posture and made them look as if they were condescending the entire time. Genius. It's, I, I read that, I was like, that's really clever. That is really clever. But I've got a lot of trivia, so I was like, I won't put that in, but okay. I'll put it in anyway. I'm going to sit back and let you go. Uh, Loki was originally not going to appear at all in this film, and there was going to be a much greater focus on Malekith and the Dark Elves. However, following his popularity in Avengers Assembled the previous year, the script was rewritten to give him a much bigger role. I did more than once. I felt to, I thought to myself, I would like more for running around battling people on other planets and less Earth. I wanted more Malekith. Yeah. Just not enough. Malekith. I wanted to see them have like running battles on different yeah. planets in the nine. Nine this, kingdoms? This is, Different this kingdoms. Is, yeah, the, the nine realms. Yeah, in the realms, that's the one. Not this, is, this is basically, it's it's a teen drama with fight scenes. It is. It's it's very, it's way too much stuff on Earth. I yeah, think. there's a lot on Earth. But most of it's in London, which I, is, woo! And I got lots of positive notes about that. So. Big up the London. Um, <laughs> director Alan Taylor was so impressed. This is another name I'm going to make a complete hash of, so I do apologise in advance. Director Alan Taylor was so impressed by Adewale Akinu. Agbaji's performance as Curse, he made Alawari do all of his stunts because the stuntmen did not move the same way as he did. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, bet, I bet he walked away from that film like, I've got a second career if I want. Yeah, I could be a yeah. fucking stuntman. I could be a stunt double for me. Uh, the scene where Dr. Jane Foster slaps Thor had to be shot several times because Natalie Portman kept fake slapping Chris Hemsworth to avoid hurting him. After about 30 takes, she was slapping him for real. Later on, where Jane Foster first meets Loki and slaps him, uh, Portman actually did hit Tom Hiddleston. This time around, it only took her five takes to get the right take. Could you imagine waking <laughs> up in the morning and you're like, oh, what am I shooting today? Oh, fuck, I've got to get slapped numerous times today. 
I don't know. Natalie Portman's so beautiful. I, I could put up with being slapped with her. Yeah, I got a couple of notes later on. <laughs> <laughs> um, because of the height difference between the two, a box and later on a ramp had to be used in some of the close-up and kissing scenes between Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth. Oh, okay. She's like, yeah. she's Diddy. Yeah. And obviously Chris Hemsworth is like 6'3 or 6'4. There's scenes in this though where Hemsworth's around lots of other people. Yeah. He doesn't look as tall as I would imagine. There's quite a... Few tall, tall people. I mean, people, Idris Elba is tall, yeah. massively tall as well. Um, so I think they they get creative with how they position people around oh, him absolutely. and only have people that they aren't using creative perspective on who are the same yeah. height as him. Big up Idris Elba, by the way. We're big fans of you on this podcast. Oh, we are. Uh, the filmmakers chose Iceland as the setting for the dark world of Svartalheim for its black volcanic landscapes. The name Svartal- Svartalheim literally means home of the Black Elves in Old Norse Icelandic. Okay. And it's probably, to be fair, like a legitimate country that would have formed part of the Norse <laughs> yeah. the Norse kind of myths and religion, right? Because whilst they were in Norway, it's all them, like Denmark, uh, Iceland, Finland, yeah. these countries probably... They all have formed the nine realms yeah. in reality to them because but, yeah, way back when they were all part of, of the what was the of, what, of, the, of their folklore yeah. or religion. Um, a new language was created specifically for the Dark Elves. Okay, Christopher Eccleston and Adewale name I can't pronounce had to memorize uh, their dialogue that they speak. Well, most of their dialogue in this alien script. Who was Christopher Eccleston again? Malachis. Oh, yeah, I know. There's, there's certain things he says and a couple of shots of his face and it's the eyes that give it away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you would, I would, if you hadn't told me that, I would No, never. they did a really good job of hiding. What have you dropped now? Oh my God. Well, I'm back. Don't worry. This is what it's like recording with someone with ADHD. Or just five, five, big five, five, five liters of coffee. Yeah. Uh, director Alan Taylor was unhappy with how the movie turned out. Okay. Although he had received full creative freedom while the movie was shot, he stated that he was locked out of the editing suite and the studio turned it into a different movie during post-production, a situation uh, he, I quote, hoped never to repeat and doesn't wish on anybody else. Has he ever stated what he would want and what they put in? Quite possibly, but I didn't delve that deeply. (laughs) That must be the most... that That would be highly frustrating. That would. To make one thing... If we sat, and then see the end result and have um, something completely different. We recorded this podcast today, right? We walk out of the room, we're like, that was a good episode. We are we back on done. fire. Yeah. yeah. We covered all the bases, music, smart, film, <laughs> everything's good. And then only for Wednesday for it to come out and there'd be no It'd smart be completely different. No Beatles and just only it's the just driest information about, like, about this film. Yeah. yeah, that would be incredibly frustrating, especially yeah. since this will take us a few hours to do that too. Oh, months. months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually just the filming without all the pre-prep. There were about 30 hammers made for Thor of various weights for different uses. The main hammer was made from aluminium, but it was replicated in different materials and different weights, including a soft version for stunts. Of the 30, five versions were used most often, including the lit hammer that uh, basically had electronics in it, and lit up when they were then going to light the do yeah. the lightning strikes and that. Yeah, the hammer awesome. itself actually lit up awesome. physically. I like that. I would love to get my hands on one of the screen used Nornas. I just think, like, for them to have had so many different versions of it in all different... <laughs> like, how do you... 
each material must obviously it changes the dynamics and how it's going to move on camera yeah. and everything so how do you keep it looking like one when you've got <laughs> it made out of all these different things so that comes down to chris hemsworth yeah, it's the way he yeah. handles it that yeah. gives you that sensation of it being really heavy i guess they probably had to make some of them actually have a bit of weight in yeah. them because that's what for, yeah, for scenes so where he's swinging it yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. But obviously, in ones where he's like to come into contact with me. Oh, he's running around with it above his head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the mid-credits scene was directed by James Gunn and ties obviously directly into Guardians of the Galaxy, which follows oh, this film. So there was one at the end I haven't seen. There, there are two end-credit scenes in this film. Crap, I, I watched the one with the collector and thought that yeah, was it. Yeah, that's the one that was directed by James Gunn. Yeah. The, the the end end credit scene is uh, it's not important. You don't really need oh, it. Okay, I discuss it. I've, I've discussed it in my notes anyway. Oh, okay, cool. Um, an abandoned plotline was to have Jane Foster turn into a villain, uh, or be turned into a villain by the ether, and destroy Svartalheim as a show of her power before going to Earth. It was dropped in favour of keeping the focus on Malekith and not introducing a third villain before the finale, yeah. which, given the amount of time that they seem to have already cut from yeah, Malekith absolutely. and the Dark Elves was a very wise choice. And it was, that's something that happens more in the later Marvel films and a lot in DC films, where they're like, for some reason, we've decided one villain is not <laughs> enough. We need to have six villains in this film. And then it just like does... a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, it's like they Sony have to Spider-Man keep movie. escalating the amount of villains just to yeah. up the stakes. And it's like, uh, the more really villains you have, villains. the less screen time each one of them gets. So the less realised they are, yeah. if you just had the one... Just had the one and focus on that, you can really flesh them out and yeah. make them an interesting character in their own right. No? Okay. Um, John uh, Josh Dallas was supposed to return as Fandral, but commitment with Once Upon a Time prevented him from returning, so he was replaced with Zachary Levi, okay. who was actually the original choice for the role for the first film. Oh, okay. So he ended up doing it anyway. Yeah. Filming at the famous Stonehenge historical site yeah. proved to be a challenge. Yeah, because you know you can't get anywhere, anywhere close no. to it. After finally getting permission from English Heritage, the filmmakers found out that there were lots of rules and regulations associated with filming there. They could only be in amongst the stones outside of the normal visiting hours. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So shooting had to take place early in the morning before opening, which only gave the cr- film crew about three hours before they had to pull back for wider shots once the stones were open to the public. Being a heritage site, no one was allowed to touch the stones, no. nor walk on any of them. So a lot of logistics had to be applied to the filming there, which is probably why we don't get... I get the impression there was supposed to be <coughs> more footage oh, there. Oh, yeah, there's probably meant, there's meant to... Like, you're going to go to Stonehenge. Yeah. You want that to be the... Um, That's going to be a set piece. Yeah, but it it's going to instantly, without spending any money, it's going to give you the phrase I'm looking for that we're using a lot on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, pre- prestige not prestige but like you know we were like we're always like oh they put a lot of effort into make into they spent a lot of money on that yeah but if i'd done that they would have had the same for free impact i don't i don't know what i don't know what words you're trying to fit in here i think it might be two words it's just like bang for your buck Oh, I know what you... Oh, yeah, I know. I know but the word. way more eloquently than that. <laughs> yeah, and I can't think of it now. But yeah, just but yeah. just having Stonehenge gives you way more bang for your buck yeah. without actually having to spend any more money building yes. the set. 
So you would imagine that they're trying to get long, wide shots, long shots, uh, um, aerial um, shots. Um, yeah, Doctor yeah. Selvig running around yeah. with his little gravitic spike things. No, you can't get anywhere close to it. But I would have thought, right? If I'm English heritage, and Marvel comes in here, <laughs> and they're like, you know, them films we've been making, you know, the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty big, right? Well, we want to do a pretty pivotal scene at uh, um, Stonehenge. <laughs> Can we get permission? If I was English Heritage, I'd be like, well, A, it's the best advert for... Not that we need to advertise Stonehenge, but it is an advert. It is an Stonehenge. advert, yeah. But two, I'd be like, they're Marvel. They make billions when they release <laughs> Avengers films. I'd be like, look, we make, I don't know, six grand a day from people coming to pay yeah. the entrance fee and coming to see it. Pay us the six grand, you can have free access to it all day long. Yeah. Shoot whatever you want. I get the impression English Heritage were like, well, no, we're English Heritage. We don't care about Marvel. You can imagine some stuffy old guy running yeah. it who's never seen a fucking Marvel film. Of course, yeah. And that's why it was, they made it a right fucking yeah. pain in the ass. And even then, there's still going to be restrictions because they still won't, regardless of how much you pay, they're not going to let you go in there and touch it and start mounting cameras on it and shit no, like that. I, I would never expect that, but I would expect him more freedom. A little to bit be more, yeah, to... like close it for a day so yeah. they can get the shots they and need. And I'd be like, you've got their budget's 160 million. You. Telling me they can't find ten grand. They can't find ten grand to to get yeah for a day. Yeah, people just like to be difficult. Um, around eleven thousand weapons were used for this movie. I mean, I was gonna say I re- I reckon all English heritage members are gammons, but then I remembered <laughs> I am a member of the. You English are a member of English heritage, you gammon bastard. Yeah. Uh, so around eleven thousand weapons were used for this movie. A team of up to twenty technicians worked to build the new props or transform some of the props from Thor. In 2011, with more wear and tear. Oh, okay, I like so that. They had a lot of physical yeah. stuff made for this. Oh, you can tell. You can tell. There's a, like it's not all CG. Some yeah, of it's definitely so. It's very much tell. live action. Yeah. Uh, Wally, surname I can't pronounce, described Curse as an amalgamation of a bull and a lava-like creature. For his role as Curse, he underwent a daily three hours of makeup and 40 pounds worth of prosthetics. And said, I'm sure there will be a certain amount of CGI, but a good 80% of what you see was me in that suit. Sometimes just having a shower and driving on the M11 is enough (laughs) to make me want to go back to bed. How much would I have to pay you to undergo what he underwent? Three hours and then walk around the £40 prosthetic suit all day. Every single day. Every day that you were filming. Fuck that, mate. Why I'm not an actor. It's got to be a price though, right? I mean, it probably is. I know what his wages were. I'll do it for that. Okay. <laughs> um, Jamie Alexander, who played Lady Sif, yes. was injured on the London movie set. In her own words, it was raining, it was dark outside, it was like five in the morning, and I went down a metal staircase and slipped. and oh. slipped a disc in my thoracic spine and chipped 11 of my vertebrae. I knocked my left shoulder out of place and tore my rhomboid on my right side. All of that? Took her out filming for one month. <laughs> that would take me out of living yeah. for at least a year. Yeah, I feel like I'm just going to hang out in my house for a while. I I'll see you guys on the flip side. <laughs> Wait, what? You actually, like, damaged your spine? I imagine like, there, there's all kinds of contracts. And, like, if you can't get back on set before we need to yeah. film the next stuff, you're going to be liable for... Plus, let's face it, she's probably in much better shape than either of oh, us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So- <laughs> I mean... Tell just by looking at her. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you can tell a lot of things by looking at her. That yeah. I would totally like. I would totally simp for her. Um, did you know the Beatles were simps? 
Do you know how many songs they're like, I'll buy you nice things, yeah, I'll buy you diamond rings. I mean, that's yeah. literally just one you're quoting, but yes. But no, diamond rings is, is a recurring thing with a lot yeah. of them early Beatles songs, but a lot of the songs are like, buy you stuff. I'll buy you stuff. Give it to me. Give me your <laughs> love. Give me affection. I'll, I'll give you my money. That's what I mean. Like, some of the, some I'll of, drive your car for you. Some of, the, <laughs> some of their lyrics have not aged well. In 2023, I'm like... John and Paul were just simps. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a simp these days. Oh, yeah. Everybody simps for somebody. Yeah. Uh, completely unrelated to that, Christopher Eccleston <laughs> didn't like playing Malekith. Did he not? <laughs> no. It was a role he admittedly, he has admitted that he accepted mainly for the money. Of course, yeah. Um, Eccleston especially disliked the long hours he had to spend in makeup to complete Malekith's look. Oh, of course, yeah. Claimed the process took seven to eight hours on the first few days and about six and a half hours afterwards but that Marvel had lied to him by not informing him about the extreme makeup requirements before he signed on, which is a little bit shitty. It is shitty, but would you not... Is there not... After you got past the initial rage of that, yeah. isn't there a point you can come to and be like, actually a bit of a backhanded compliment? No, I don't know. They, had to, they wanted me they so wanted, much. Yeah, true. <laughs> that's a lie to me to get me but into I this can, film. I can imagine that scant comfort when you're five hours Oh, into, absolutely, yeah. You know, six days in, five hours into having your makeup applied, and you've still got ten hours of film. During it, you're just consumed with rage. But six months after the film's come yeah, out... Yeah, you're kind of like, oh, no, actually, yeah. yeah you've been paid. Think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's actually quite a backhanded compliment, yeah. really. Uh, Tom Hiddleston described Loki as a firework in this movie. Well, where next? What's he going to do? What level of remorse does he have? If he does have any remorse or regret, why? Who does he feel guilty in front of and who does he laugh in the face of? What's his motivation? If he stands to win, what does he stand to win? As a character, you have all of these new motivations. But as an actor, I'm absolved from playing hero or villain. I'm just a live wire. And that was more fun than I can possibly tell you. I love that accent, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to skip uh, my my note on this because I did not think it was a firework. Uh, Loki is the epitome of an angry teenager. In this <laughs> he is in the entire MCU. That is basically his core no, motivation. No, I feel like in the first four film, he was more like an angry toddler. Now I think he's grown up into a surly, <laughs> angry teenager. I wrote that when he's like, he's not my dad. And she's like, oh, yeah. Am I not your mum? And he's just like, no, <laughs> and then instantly regrets it. Instant regret. as all angry teenagers do when they yeah. say, "I hate you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the stone creature that Thor fights yes. uh, early on in the film is a Cronin, an alien being that appeared in Thor's first comic, Journey into Mystery, number eighty-three. I did not know that. Nope, uh, I know that the Cronins obviously reappear in Ragnarok. Okay. Because it's the South African, the very soft-spoken South African rock creature yeah. who organises the rebellion. Uh, a fair amount of improvisation was allowed on set. Darcy Lewis, calling Dr. Selvig banana balls, was made up on the spot by Kat Dennings. <laughs> I feel like she was given free reign. I feel like she lot. should come and live in my house with me. <laughs> or dressed to not look like... Oh, yeah, <laughs> just with a scarf on all the time. It's a scarf, yeah. scarf on those glasses, and I'm done, mate. Um, in- <laughs> I do. I feel like they they really really nailed it with in the first film. Yeah, she was there and she she made some jokes. Yeah, but oh crap, a lot of the comedy came from four like being in it, a the new fish world. out of water yeah. thing. Yeah, here. 
they couldn't do that and here for and um jane had their own kind of they had their little power couple going on yeah thing going on so i think cat really stepped up she gets a chance to yeah the levity and i think they did that really well yes her with the the intern yeah ian the intern um, in late 2011, Patty Jenkins was officially announced as a director for this movie. Ooh. In December 2011, she backed out of the project due to creative differences. Natalie Portman was publicly upset that talks between Marvel and Patty Jenkins broke down. Some sources even claim she threatened to not take part in the movie with another director, but couldn't get out of her contract. I remember reading about that. I remember that uh, Patty Jenkins wasn't doing it and that Natalie Portman basically didn't want to do the film now. I, I, do, I did. I think I've said it on other episodes. I remember there was something that made it really difficult for them mm. to get Natalie Portman back. Yeah. Which is why in Endgame or Infinity War, whichever one they do it, when they flash back to this yes. film, you don't see her face. It's just someone that looks like her in the, from the back in yeah. bed because she did not want to she come back. She didn't want to come back. But then obviously they've got her back because she's now Lady Four, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, according to the filmmakers, amongst the marauders, the Asgardians arrest and imprison are Corbinites. These are a race of aliens Thor encounters. One of them, Beta Ray Bill, becomes became Thor's ally and was deemed worthy of re- fucking hell was deemed worthy to receive an Asgardian hammer of his own in the comics. Awesome! I, I actually read. Um, I watched Planet Hulk. Have you ever okay. seen that? No. It's a it's an animated film. Uh, and it's basically Ragnarok. Oh, okay. <laughs> but without Thor. It's got oh. Beta Ray Bill, who gets thrown into the arena to fight uh, Hulk. Oh, okay. Um, and it's him and Hulk that then break out and basically have the adventures that the rest of them have in Ragnarok. Okay. And I was like, who the fuck is this yellow horse-looking motherfucker? Yeah. And I went down the rabbit hole and I spent about four fucking hours reading about Beta Ray Bill and his appearances in the comics. And he's basically like... Thor number two. <laughs> I, I heard the name Beta Ray Bill. I didn't realise what his backstory was. Though. Yeah, I recognise the name. That's who okay. he is, basically. He has a fight with Thor and uh, Odin steps in and is like, man, this motherfucker's awesome. Yeah. Make him a cool hammer too. I can't remember what his hammer's called, but yeah, okay. he's basically got his own Mjolnir. Um, Idris Elba has said he disliked working on this movie as the constant reshoots were exhausting and time-consuming. He even referred to working on this movie as torture. He's not in it that much, is he? I mean, he's in it more than he is in the first film. He has a bigger role to play. He has a lot more dialogue in this film, but still, it's probably only 12 scenes at most. Yeah, apparently. It's interesting because he's the only person I saw in... uh, Admittedly, this was very limited research. Yeah. Um, He's the only person I saw mention lots of reshoots and and basically rejigging of the movie. Um, And it's interesting considering he's not... He doesn't play that big a part. Yeah. Must have been focused around the stuff that he was doing. Oh, of course, yeah. That he was in. Yeah. Which I thought was quite interesting. If I'd had more time, I'd have dug into that a little they bit probably further. probably had but... to figure out again. Out of Asgard, back into Asgard, back in, out yeah. of Asgard. <laughs> numerous times with no Bifrost. <laughs> and they were like, well, we got to reshoot it all, so you got to be in 12 more scenes. you got to do a lot more. Um, according to visual effects supervisor Jake Morrison, the Harrows, the spaceships used by the Dark Elves, are powered by black holes. Okay. Uh, a black hole pulls in all directions. You stick a box around it, but if you poke a hole in one side of the box, it would pull in that direction. So effectively, if you strap a craft around that, you have a propulsion drive, which is more a kind of impulsion drive. 
I'm not even going <laughs> to... Rather, well, most engines push things out. I know. This I get that part. In, yeah. I get that part. But... That just appealed to me as a Starship nerd. Um, director Alan Taylor's nine-year-old daughter was cast in the role of Loki in a school play. Tom Hiddleston made a video for her that gave her several pointers about playing the character. His biggest piece of advice was to remember that Loki is never not having fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Regardless, even like at times when it, you as a person would be like, this is fucking a nightmare. Loki's enjoying it. He's enjoying so, himself. On some level, yeah. Uh, body count. Any guesses? Um, 18. 18? What? Not even close! I, I, 871 and one Corbinite rock monster. Okay. <laughs> I was it's just like... You've got all the big battle scenes. Yeah, I know, but in my head, is, I'm thinking it's going to go one of two ways. One way or the other, yeah. It's either going to be gargantuan, because we're actually going to take into account all of the aliens that died, or you're going to be like... <laughs> No, apparently that race of aliens doesn't actually die. They just get they knocked just, out for prolonged periods of time. Yeah. So <laughs> technically there was no deaths and rock monsters don't count. So I didn't know where to go. So I just plucked a number out here. Yeah. <laughs> that was an almost perfect rendition of yeah, me reading yeah. trivia. All right. You finished with trivia now, right? Yeah. Interesting thing for you. Right. All of this. So there's my greeting. Yeah, this this is all trivia. Yeah, I know. That's my notes. <laughs> when you when you scroll pages halfway through, I was like, okay, so he's got as few notes as me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't write many notes because I really enjoyed watching this film. Snap, and I need to pee. My first note, yes. my rewritten first note. Ugh, do we really need every film in the MCU to be two hours or more? No. Well, just what happened to a nice 90-minute film? Oh, I mean, you're preaching to the converted. <laughs> you're preaching to the converted. Yeah. Last week, hour and 27. Perfect. <laughs> still wasn't happy. What can't you still weren't fucking happy, you miserable bastard? Can't believe Warren come back and tell me that I've got, <laughs> I've got hang-ups. He just flat out called you out. And obviously, guys, we spoke about this last week, so we're not going to rehash that whole conversation. No. But it has been being discussed in the Cultures group that uh, Reggie has these hang-ups. Uh, and off the back of what us watching a film and talking about it, Warren watched it again uh, with his family last night, and basically just flat out said. <laughs> Yeah, Reggie, you got some real hang-ups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad it's not just me. Malekith not only reminds me of a 17th century vampire with that long blonde hair, he also reminds me of Hitler. <laughs> what? When he, oh, Hitler with his long blonde hair, yeah. When he orders the death of his own men in order to escape. Hitler ordered the destruction of Germany when the Allied forces first invaded so that there was nothing left for the Allies to use. It's generally called the scorched earth policy. It is indeed. Russia had put that in place as well when, yeah. Uh, yeah, when, when Germany, they fell out yeah. with Germany. Um, um, sorry, I was just watching. I was like, huh, uh-huh. real life history. Nazis, <laughs> Nazis everywhere. Yeah. The war between Asgard and the Dark Elves. Once again, they tease a film that sounds better than the one we're about to watch. Oh, this is, I think, what I was getting to, uh, to earlier. I'd much rather... I mean, I like this film and it will... Yeah, yeah, we, we enjoyed this film. Absolutely. But I, what I really want is a film of just four and his merry men. Just, just, just going and doing shit. Travelling the nine realms, fighting different people. Yes. And actually finding out who all these people they're fighting are. Yeah. I only know because you've put it in... Because, yeah, I didn't know they were no. called Marauders or they were no. this or that or whatever. That's what this film I should have been. Oh, here it is. Thor and his little D&D group, Restoring Peace to the Nine Realms, should definitely be a TV series. It should have been the film. 
That's what this film should have been. Yeah. Jane didn't need to be in it. For free could have been the dark world. <laughs> could have been the dark world. But Thor two. Thor 2 could have been what Thor was doing all this time. All the Jane clean was... up from what fucking Loki did yeah. last time after breaking the Bifrost and all that bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I, I but think like, work no, as a... we've got to put Jane in it. And it's like, oh, fuck You off. could do like a... a, a well, the the thing that might occur to me was like a Stargate style series. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Where you, you they go to a planet and they've got to go there and they've got to solve this and fight more baddies. Yeah. Um, and they'd have been able to visit more places. Of obviously, course, if it yeah. Done as a series and as a film, I was like, I want to see that because they're a really cool group of like little warriors that he's got there, yeah. and they only get little tiny bits oh, in the yeah, film. Absolutely, I would have loved that. Uh, the scene where the rock giant enters the battle and he's <laughs> defeated with ease reminds me of the scene in Indiana Jones. Where Indy confronts <laughs> the guy that's showing off with his swords only to put his gun out. Shoots him, yeah. Oh, I'm ready to accept your surrender. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then smash. Anyone else? I'd love to live in Asgard. Yeah. Oh, I could live out all my like all my oldie worldy fantasies living in, in Asgard. <laughs> it just looks so nice, doesn't it? It does look nice. It's got that perfect balance of like Oh, they didn't like they may have running water and central heating and like, you know, tech. Yeah. But also it's architecturally <laughs> yeah. it looks like castles yeah it would be the best of both worlds <laughs> uh chris o'dowd is awesome and should be in more stuff um just throwing it out there. Oh, where is it if your date's not going well maybe try turning her off and on again <laughs> <laughs> um, did they hide the ether in moria because that hiding place looks like, like moria, moria. Yeah. and then as we discover later no they didn't hide it in the mines of moria they hid it deep somewhere no one will find it in london yeah. <laughs> i know it's all to do with the conjunction and convergence and portals and shit but it's just like yeah it's an abandoned building site in london if i ever stumbled across an anomaly like they do <laughs> the first thing i'd throw into it would be will don't lie if you ever stumbled across an anomaly like that first thing you'd stick in it would be your dick yeah, i try and fuck it yeah. <laughs> um obligatory chris hemsworth eye candy shot of course. I think it's after the battle when he's having a wash and he's like, oh, moody. And oh, look, I have a wet cloth across my nipples. Is that, there's a few of them. It's like when he first arrives in London and Jane first sets eyes on him and he's just standing there. Yeah. Like every bit of the hero here. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that this film is set in London. It's the first <laughs> time the MCU breaks its American centric. America centric sort of focus. I know they yeah. go to Monaco in one of the Iron Man films. And, but. All the story takes place. It's just that's just a little. Uh, yeah, that's that's detour. kind of an aside. And the thing is, the way it's shot, it looks just like America yeah. anyway. I love the fact that we get so much London. We get London police cars. We see a black cab. Get, <laughs> yeah, the cab gets crashed. So much London in it. And I've got another note from later, but I'm just going to use it now. I love the fact that ITV News makes an appearance. ITV News. Yeah. Yes, I saw that. Um, with, and that was with the right background. Yeah. And that was an actual. That, I can't remember the guy's actual, name. Me neither. But he's a, it's like the Hugh presenter. Edwards or yeah. something. And he's an actual ITV News presenter. And I love the fact that they clearly contacted ITV and said, look, we need a segment for the next Marvel film. We need one of your newsreaders to yeah. read out this news piece. And they were just like, absolutely. ITV News was so much easier to work with than English, English Heritage. English Heritage. <laughs> um, at the banquet, yes. after they've restored peace to the Nine Realms and clearly skipped Midgard because of course, yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just before Thor gets up and moodily wanders off into the moonlight. Did they seat him at the kids' table? Because there's that shot where he sat there and he finishes his drink, and everyone else at his table is a child. Probably. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, 
please, please tell me that. They're like, yeah, yeah, you're great. You're going to be the next king, but you can sit at the kids' yeah. table with the plastic yeah. cutlery. Because she's still in love with a mortal. <laughs> Uh, uh, that is absolutely the only way to drive in London. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> left or right. <laughs> and when she's that that car, it's a. I looked it up. It's a Vauxhall it's a, it's something. A, it's a Volvo. Oh Volvo. It's an old Volvo Volvo two forty Torslander Estate, and okay. I want one. Do you really? Yes, I've got a thing for Volvos. Okay, they're like like. Um, Dudley Moore once said in one of his films, boxy but sexy. Okay. <laughs> uh, is there a bigger cliche in films than the two would-be lovers being interrupted at the moment? They're about to kiss. <laughs> no, there is not. Saying that, I like the way they do it here. Yes. It's done well here. Yeah, you've got that tension. You're like, oh, they're going to... And then, obviously, Cat Jennings comes in. Sounds up as, yeah. He's like, boom, no, get aside. She smacks one of them with her tits. Normally, I'd be like, oh, my God, it's so cliched. But they did it so well here yeah. that... I don't care. So if Jane was missing for five hours and it's still daylight when she returns, she must have been on that date for like breakfast Brunch. or really, yeah, really early lunch. And they're discussing getting sea bass. Unless it's summer. I mean, they're all dressed for winter. They're all dressed for winter. The yeah. only conceivably way, <laughs> way this conceivably works is they went out for lunch during the summer <laughs> They leave at, say, half 12. It's like half five, six o'clock when she comes back. Yeah. Give or take the travel time between the restaurant and the anomaly. Yeah. All the other bullshit. Yeah, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work (laughs) because it stays light. It's like, okay, look, America, you may be able to film daylight scenes much later. In England... Unless it's peak summertime. When they're dressed like that. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, no, it's dark by four o'clock. Yeah, like pitch dark. black yeah. dark. <laughs> they would have literally been going for early breakfast <laughs> yeah. in order for your timeline to work. <laughs> if I was to travel like four and Jane, both myself and four would be covered in vomit and stomach piles <laughs> by the time we made Asgard. <laughs> she comes out, she's like, I'll have to do that again. I'm, do that again. I'm looking at it like we'd be <laughs> covered. In vomit. Yeah, there would be a streak yeah. of your vomit across the cosmos. <laughs> that would just be green when I come out the other side. A new yeah. constellation of your puke. She's human. Illness is their defining trait. <laughs> this is definitely true in my case. It's like, yeah. fuck you, one-eyed daddy. Yeah. Jesus. Like when, she, well, when they're doing the, the scan thing, and she's like, oh, this is a quantum yeah. whatever. Oh, no. It's you, a soul forge. It's a soul forge. Does it does it move particles from one place to the Well, Yes. Yeah, it's totally a quantum exam. And it's like... She channeled you, yeah. Yeah, very much so. That bit where she rolls over and she winks a four and she goes... <laughs> yeah. That was like, that's peak, <laughs> peak Rooney. <laughs> um, the ether is fluid and ever-changing. A lot like your sexuality, really. Knew you were going to say that. Only because... As soon as he said it. Only because we talked about it last week. We literally spoke about it last week. It's and when, a, he, when, when yeah. he said that, I was like, I can, I can hear <laughs> Reggie's pen scratching that note out. It's a callback, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I find it weird that a race that lives in perpetual darkness has bright blonde hair. Because I know in the summer my hair is more blonde because the sun bleaches it. But if I lived in perpetual darkness, I'm not sure the sun would be bleaching my hair. Listen, space Nazis gone and do space Nazis. Oh, they they bleach their hair platinum blonde. Okay. Um, does Malekith... I, I noticed this weird thing. Uh, Malekith's chest armour appears to have the Nova Corp symbol. I did not notice that. It's just like the little starburst yeah, yeah. thing. And obviously a starburst is a fairly generic space shape. But it's almost identical. It's even got the circle in the middle, like okay. Nova Corp does in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And I was like, 
that intentional or maybe maybe it was like uh something they were planning yeah. later on but it never actually happened because they went in a different direction um, and the costume designers for this film really Very should good. send a fruit basket or something over to the <coughs> counterparts from Lord of the Rings for letting them copy their homework on the elves. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because that dark elf armor is basically uh, the Lothlorien elves' armor from fucking or yeah. Rivendell elves. Could be a hom- homage. Could right? be an homage. You know, if someone says you're doing a film with elves in it, the first thing I would do would be go, go watch, watch Lord, Lord of the Rings, Rings. and yeah. be like, "What do I know about elves?" I was hoping it would come up in my research, but it didn't, and I seem to have completely forgotten to look it up. But there's a uh, in Warhammer Fantasy Battle, which is like the obviously the fancy oldie worldy version of it, there was a dark elf sorcerer named Malekith who was effectively the racial leader and did actually destroy the world in their timeline. Um, and he led the dark elves. Okay. And I was wondering, trying to figure out which one came first, whether because that obviously that Malekith was invented in the yeah. 80s or something, and I'm not sure as and when he appeared in Thor or whether he was created for this. I don't if, know. if anyone listening to this knows who came first, Warhammer Malekith or, or Thor Malekith, do uh, hit me up. Talk.until at gmail.com. Yeah, or any of the other um, things. You can tell it's us because of the orange. Is that how I'm to while away eternity? Reading? I could think of far worse ways, Loki. <laughs> that, that's that's far not a bad way. way to do it, to be fair. Um, I love his little cell with all the fancy furniture and oh, stuff yeah. in there. Absolutely. It's like, you are a prisoner, but you're also, you know, Loki. So You're also still technically yeah. royal family, so, you know. And your mum's got a soft spot for yeah, you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, despite all I have survived, my queen still worries over me. It's only because I worry over you that you survived. <laughs> Typ- typical female. Typical female. Yeah, but to be fair, <laughs> she got the skills oh, to back it up, as we see, like, uh, when she has that fight with fucking Dingy. Sorry, did I say typical female point of view? What I meant was truth. Truth. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, that is the truth. That is, yeah, usually. Yeah. Um, Heimdall is MVP. Yeah. He literally takes down a starship powered by a black hole by stabbing it really fucking hard. Yeah, he is the MVP. <laughs> he just oh, runs along, yeah. jumps up, stabs it, falls down, stabs it again, and the ship just dies. Um, when I die, I want an Asgardian funeral. So you better get practicing your bowmanship now. I mean, it's a, it's a Viking funeral, generally. <laughs> I know, but I want to be... like I, I want to turn into dust. You better start saving up for the fucking longship, mate, because they, they are expensive at this rate. I'm going to up strapping you to a pallet and floating you down the <laughs> store. <Stort. Yeah. laughs> Just, oh. just monotoning you. <laughs> I'll be stood on one of the bridges that goes over the top, waiting for you to float on the sploosh. And I wish a boat. We're doing it Harlow style. <laughs> this is a Harlow. This is a burial at Stort, mate. We ain't going for fucking bows because the old Bill nicked me. Stanley's cameo is fun. Yes, although very, very brief. Oh, brief, but it's it's fun. Like, there are some bad Stanley cameos. This is not one of them. Uh, I think you've jumped ahead of me again. Hang on, uh, if I ever lose my mind, I'm doing it naked at Stonehenge too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you're going to go crazy, go hard or go home. Yeah. Uh, everyone in the MCU needs to upgrade their anti-air defences. Oh, yeah. I bitched about this in the last Iron Man film. I'm bitching about it now because those ships that Malekith launches are halfway across the fucking city yeah. before anyone shoots at them. Yeah. Those defences should be ranged across the outside. They're parked. That ship, that <laughs> ship has come out of the water, burrowed its way into the middle of the street, parked before two planes come down. And, and... They, it's like, oh, guys, seriously, up your games. 
Frigat kicks Malachis' ass. Yes. If it weren't for his pet fucking OP cursed showing up, yeah. she'd have defeated him herself. Yeah. He'd have spent the rest of the film in chains, and this would be a really fucking short film when we could get back to uh, Thor and his run D&D group realms. running yeah. around the Nine Realms. Uh, the scene where one of Thor's merry men holds off the Asgard- Asgardian <laughs> soldiers so that they can escape on the ship could possibly be based on real history. In 1066, during the build-up to the Battle of Hastings, which was going to be my intro this week, but then you know, the Beatles happened. Um, the Beatles happened yeah. between now and 1066. <laughs> in 1066, during the, the build-up to the Battle of Hastings, the Vikings attacked the north of Britain. Having defeated the local army led, led by the lords, they eventually come face-to-face with the English army, but they were on either side of a river with only one bridge. Realising they were outnumbered, the Vikings left one of their best warriors to defend the bridge whilst they fled to fight another day. That one Viking warrior managed to hold off the English army long enough for their plan to succeed. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Sorry, I watched a documentary on that the other day. And- <laughs> he loves a good documentary. Yeah. Uh, Loki's little outburst after he hears of Frigga's death. Yeah. And then obviously we see the state of his cell yeah. later when he's just smashed everything. It's a really powerful moment because obviously Loki up till then, he's been smarmy and arrogant and then you see he's genuinely upset by that. The last, the last thing... One of the last things he ever says to her yeah, is, the last thing we ever mom. see him say to her is, no, you're not my yeah. mum. Uh, Loki is just such a great character, oh, I really. I fucking love Loki. Uh, uh, I never used to, I'll be honest, as the MCU was evolving and everyone was like getting fucking gushed, gushing, <laughs> gushing and, over and Loki. getting chubbies over Loki, I was always like, uh, <laughs> I'm not, I don't understand, really get it, I don't understand. I think I was just miserable because now I'm happy and I'm watching him. I'm all about Loki. He's one of the, one of the deepest characters in yeah, the MCU. Absolutely. He's got some real issues and rage and they use them issues and rage well yeah. narratively over the whole MCU. Yeah, but he's not. He's, he's the least two-dimensional character, I think, in oh, the yeah, MCU because yeah, yeah, he, he's got so many dimensions and layers yeah. to him. Uh, yeah. Selvig's lecture in the psych ward. It's exactly how Warren must feel explaining complicated stuff in the cultist chat. Yeah. I know that's how I feel when I explain stuff in there. Yeah, snap. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, they did Dr. Selvig dirty in these Oh, films. they really did. I didn't, I, obviously, I'm going to say it again later, and we've already talked about it. I forgot more of this film than I remembered. Yeah. So when you said that on Avengers, they from this point on, they do them dirty. I was yeah. just like, oh, I'm not really sure. They literally make him a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen this and he's running around naked he, yeah. he's like he won't wear trousers because it helps him helps think, him think. I'm like they really did take someone that was like a pinnacle of like science and really just destroy them and so far in, in his two most recent appearances it, like, as we've covered yeah. it in Avengers <laughs> and a in this villain and a crazy person well he saved the world in Avengers yeah. because he tells it, it was him that built yeah. the back door in to shut down the Tesseract and then he tells Black Widow how to do it in this one, it's his gravity yeah. gravity spikes saves. that saves Earth and the Nine Realms from being destroyed by the thing. And it's like, hang on a minute, twice he has saved the entire galaxy and you still got him running around with no trousers on. Satisfaction is not in my nature. Something Loki and I have in common. Gods. Uh, there's no way a flock of birds exits a drain that gracefully. No. <laughs> they don't be just like knocking themselves out as they're trying to like yeah. 12 of them are trying to get out at the same time. And none of them actually the fly time. into the people no. standing there. Uh, the ca- That Captain America cameo when they're walking oh, through yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Asgard and he keeps changing it and he's just, just going, hmm, costume's a little bit much, but that cod piece, I can just feel the righteousness. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God, that is Steve Rogers turned up to 11. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, here we go. I haven't forgotten more of this film than I remembered. The Loki double cross, double cross caught me out and actually made me smile. Oh, what when um when, when they go go to hand over yeah. Jane and you think he stabbed him and cut yeah. his hand off. It was it was I'd forgotten all about that. Um and it got to the point where in my notebook I've actually got a note written I'd completely forgotten they cut Thor's hand off. I don't remember that happening, and I'm trying to think, how the fuck does he grow it back before Ragnarok? And of course then it's revealed that that was the trick, and I was like that was well played because we've seen Loki absolutely lie yeah. so Constantly often. He does it. It's like he does exactly the same there that he did in Avengers, right? Yeah. On and the, you're just like, he's done it again. again. Thor, not, why do you keep falling for yeah. this? And then it turns out he didn't. But having forgotten about it, yes, and then re-seeing it <laughs> and falling for it this time round, I was like, huh, it didn't really work the first time. Yeah, like, because sometimes these things happen, and you're like. Oh, I've seen this four times now. Like, like yeah. I've seen this film four times. I know this is coming. They lose their impact. And, but you lose recollection of whether it worked on you the first time or not. Yeah. Having watching it this time, I'm like, it works. Yeah. Uh, Jane immediately slapping Loki when she sees him is spot on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you'll kill me. Evidently, there will be a line. Yeah. Loki. I mean, he's going, he gets some of the best lines that in the MCU. Probably my favourite line in the, yeah. in the whole film. Oh, and they're all just stopping him. Yeah. I'll kill you. Yes. I'll kill you. And by the end, he's just like, everyone's going to kill me. I don't yes. care anymore. Let me get on the fucking ship. Um, <laughs> even for as his jealous man moment when they get in the car and he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so who's Richard? And she's like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, look. Another alien kingdom destroyed by the warmongering Americans. Oh, I mean, Asgardians. <laughs> I mean, come on. They're all like, yeah, we went in and we smashed the bad guys. Oh, and these bad guys. And then you get to see, like, what's left of Jotunheim? Yeah. Destroyed. Yeah. What's left of Svartalheim? Destroyed. Destroyed. Like, oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, world police. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I predict a message on Wednesday from Roxanne reminding us that the finale scene in London was filmed near to where her and the pimp were on the Church of Sin. Oh, yes, that's very true. Oh, I love the fact that they included the gherkin. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Oh, it is. But when I land on top and slip down the side, I was yeah. like, they knew they were definitely like, they, we're going to yeah. go all in. We're in London. We're in London. Let's just just use it. And we're clearly on. What do they call it when you're actually there? Location on location. Yeah. So it we're going to use CG. No parts of London, or we're going to pretend we're in London by you know building a mock Big Ben in the background <laughs> of a lot <laughs> in California. Interestingly, uh, the new Ghostbusters film. Is being filmed in the UK. Oh, okay. At least a portion of it. They've they've booked they've booked like um they've, well, they've allegedly booked a location or secured a location, and they were they're putting out a call for local extras. Oh, awesome. for it, which is quite interesting. I hope it's not Stonehenge. <laughs> that would now that would be good. That would make perfect sense. But they'd have a lot of faffing about. Are you going to sign up for it? Uh, no, because I can't remember where it was, but it was fucking miles away. Oh, okay. Um. There's nothing more reassuring than realising the world's crazier than you are. Yes. Very true, Dr. Selvig, and it's Very the only true. way I make it through the, yeah, the, through the day right. sometimes. This film needs more giant monsters running around London. Watch the end credits thing. Oh, okay. I was going to uh, say 100% more monsters in this film. <laughs> uh, after discussing with Amy, we have decided that although it would be morally wrong as they were raised as brothers, we would totally watch a Thor-Loki porno. 
Because we were talking about that, we were just almost like saying to us, like the, the relationship between the two, the dynamic is brilliant. Like especially when they're, they're on the ship escaping oh, yeah. from Asgard and that. And it's just like there's, it's like an ogre because there's layers upon layers upon layers. <coughs> um, and Amy was just like, yeah, and they're like really hot. And I was like, oh, absolutely. They should totally bone. And she was like, even though they're brothers. I was like, well, they're not real brothers. She's like, no, but they've been raised as brothers. So it's still technically illegal. And she was like, but that wouldn't stop me watching it. <laughs> there's a cultist out there. <laughs> <coughs> Roxanne. Yeah, I think would pay good, good money just to, for a glimpse of the two of us together. Oh, yikes. She keeps, she keeps, she keeps like mentioning it. Jesus, it ain't nothing special, I believe me. Maybe th- she should use some of the, uh, the, the takings from the Touching Church of Sin to, uh, two lookalikes. to get two lookalikes. I mean, I was thinking of Thor and Loki. I can already tell the way your brain's going. I don't need to see that. I'll be totally honest. I told, I said to her, listen, love. The ship's out on that 10 years ago. <laughs> she said, well, you two better get back on the ship and get it going again. <laughs> I'd love Thor to randomly walk into a train on the London Underground one day whilst on it, or whilst I'm on it. But to be fair, he would probably get off after one stop because I don't annoy him with questions. <laughs> yeah, you've never been to MCM Expo, have you? No. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never gone to Expo on the train. But I went to LFCC once. That was a mistake because it was a heat wave. Is that in Liverpool? Uh, no, no, that's in London. That was oh, okay. at oh, um, film and- uh, London Film and Comic Con, yeah. yeah. And we went down there. There was a group of us, which included me and Dow in our Spartan armour. <laughs> On the train. We had I had the cab at the time, so I drove us all oh, over okay. to Epping Station. Me and him got changed in the car park, walked through the fucking station, rifled helmets, armour the lot. Bought our tickets. Of course, we couldn't... We had to have the helmets on. Turnstile. Oh, no. We're good at that. We did the old sideways shimmy. Okay. Um, And we had to have the helmets on because with the tickets and our rifles and everything else... You just, you just not enough hands. So we just... And we just sat there and there's some pictures. Amy was wearing her Misfits cosplay. Uh, Chef and a couple of other people were there wearing very casual sort of cosplays. <laughs> and just me and Dow sat there in our full Spartan armor on the tube, just like, <laughs> and we looked, yeah, for, for the majority of that ride until we got closer to the event. And then other people in costume started yeah. getting on, and you get the nods and the waves and what have you. Up until then, it was just like regular, like Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning commuters. Oh, good. Trudging down there from Epping, there's me and Dow sat there. <laughs> after, after the personal four Loki Jane story resolves itself. <laughs> The final battle is a slight, slightly underwhelming, and it feels like it's only there because that's how action and adventure films generally end. Yeah. Like, the majority of this film is very much about the dynamic between Thor and Jane yeah, and the problems that's causing Thor, Thor and Loki, and then Thor and his dad. Yes. The, uh, the Dark Elf stuff is almost feels slightly like an afterthought. Like, we, yeah. We need the whole world to be a threat, right? We We've got to more. give some more more weight to this. And don't get me wrong, again, I'm going to give this a pretty decent score, and mm. I did enjoy watching it both times. But once that's resolved, when they get back to London and they're fighting the elves, I'm kind of like... Oh, mm. I forgot about this. Yeah, my This note is slightly later in my list of notes, but it fits here. Malekith, and by extension the Dark Elves, really doesn't get enough development or screen yeah. time in this film. Like you said, it's very much After the interplay Thor. between yeah. Thor and Jane and Thor and Loki and Loki and Odin. 
Um, because of that lack of screen time, he doesn't get to develop. It's a, it's a waste of Christopher Eccleston. Oh, absolutely. He's brilliant. He's a great actor. Um, but because there's no development as a character, there's no development as, as him as a villain or the Dark Elves as villains. Like, oh, they're really bad. They want to destroy the universe. This is why. Okay. Well, how about we develop that and we see something other than the dozen lines of dialogue he gets throughout the whole film? A little bit less on the... Oh, I could I could suffer the film being half an hour longer. Yeah. And delve into the Dark Elves a little bit more because we're led to believe that at the end of that, the prologue thing, it's it's... It's set up as if, like, oh, well, you know, Curse and fucking what's-his-name were the only ones that survived because yeah. they hop on the ship and they fly away. And then, and then all of a sudden, more later on. oh, there's yeah. loads of them, and they just seem to have loads that they can just throw at yeah. the Asgardians. Okay, well, maybe a little bit of time to explore that would yeah. have been useful and develop them, and then it would give that battle at the end some weight. If- like if four Loki and... They found a logical, believable reason to get Jane from Midgard to Asgard, right? Mm. And then for Loki and Jane, basically just chased the Dark Elves through the Nine Realms. Yeah. That would make such a good film. And then you would get all of the uh, all of the storylines could resolve in one place, in one battle at yes. the end, right? Whereas here, it's like, we resolve one storyline, and then we have to go and to And now we've got to go back bit. and tie up that other one yeah. that has no no one has any real emotional investment in. Yeah. And they, they they do it well because they that's where they bring in a lot of the human cast. Yeah. And it's effectively them resolving that final battle because the Asgardians are basically not involved. Aside from Thor, they're not doing anything. No. So you've kind of dealt with that whole bit and now it's like, all right, we're in London. We've got humans and we've got Thor and we've got Malekith. Kind of see what they did, but by that point in time, all the emotional heft has already gone out of the film. Yeah. And it's like yeah, like you said, it's it's this is the way these films end. They have to have the of big course, fight yeah. sequence, so they do. Um, that's but, probably why I completely forgot about most of this film because snap, yeah. so much of it is almost set dressing. It's sort of family politics and yeah, personal like dynamics between people shifting and changing. Yeah, that's where the real story. Is. That's where the real story is. So the dark elves are you just need to drag that out over the whole length of the film. Yeah, or the the. Rest of it just feels tacked on. There's there's a far better film. Yes, I Not think that's what, this I is think a bad one. We say this. We say this a lot about films. Yeah. To be fair, there's a far better film in there. I like to think that's the film that Alan Taylor made. wanted to make. Yeah, yeah, and this is the film that Marvel gave us a full, a far smaller, more personal story. Yeah, yeah. or one that successfully does incorporated all of that into that smaller yeah. story. Uh, where am I? Mjolnir traveling back and forth through space and London as Thor jumps through all the portals in his good. fight. Yeah. That's a brilliant little. <coughs> not too much is made of it. Yeah. But when he goes shooting off up into space because he's disappeared and then comes shooting back and Boston goes, <gasps> Mew Mew! Because yeah. <laughs> what's his hammer called? Mjolnir. <laughs> That's better. That's much better than last time. And it's still better than Amy. Mjolnir. <laughs> Majority, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I've only got one note left. So uh, the fight scene gives us a whistle stop tour through the Nine Realms. Yes. Because we get to stop off in Jotunheim, yeah. which is where the big monster thing comes from. Uh, Thor, are you going to buy a ticket for that journey on the tube? Cheeky. Uh, mm, yeah, what ticket inspector's going <laughs> to yeah, I mean, This is true. I don't <laughs> know, mate. I've met some. <laughs> <laughs> that, that blonde woman on the train looks like she's just like... Gosh. Yeah, do you think I could convince him to fuck me? <laughs> We've got three stops. Yeah. I can finish in three stops. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the old twister with uh, at the end with Loki pretending to be Odin yeah. on the throne. 
that's great because you get to that point in the film, you're like, okay, they've resolved their differences. Yeah. We know that Loki has escaped and made it back to Asgard because we see him talking to yeah. Odin. Um, and you're like, so we must be hiding somewhere, planning you know, his next move sort of thing. We've resolved uh, the, the story of the whole Dark Elves thing, the ether. That's all been dealt with. Wonderful. And then you're like, oh, wait, hang on a minute. That's Loki. Yeah. But nobody knows it's Loki. Oh, my God. Isn't this only, well, how are they going to? No, no end credits. Not yet. Yeah. That is, I think that's a perfect way to end the film because yeah, you, you're like, in one scene, you're like, uh, you thought it was all over. You thought it was all over. And then everything is just thrown into disarray yeah. and you're left with so many more questions. It's very much like a soap or a sitcom where you resolve the first story and then in that final scene, they're like, we're going to set up next week's it episode. It was my twin all along. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And you're like, what's happened to Odin? Yeah. How is he now in charge? The thought doesn't know. And what about this? And what about, oh, my God. And, yeah. It makes you curious to, for what comes next, right? Yeah, because yeah. you thought you knew what was going to come next. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, well, it's going to be Thor going off to that while Loki is scheming in Asgard and blah, blah, blah. And the son of he's not scheming. He's literally running Asgard now yeah. as as Odin. It's like, oh, you sneaky I wish I could shift, uh, shapeshift. <laughs> oh, you and me both, mate. <laughs> not like that. <laughs> we're going to go full smart. Full, full back circle, to back to the smart. <laughs> That's my last night. Um, <laughs> we are going to go full circle. Oh, God. I'd give up being king for Jane myself, mostly so I could get her to role-play Padme and Medalla for me. <laughs> In the conveniently ripped midriff top. Well, I was I was going backwards <laughs> and forwards. It's basically just Attack of the Clones. It's either the leather... <laughs> the leather. ...or the white costume at the end, yeah. It's like, no, you're just a young man. You're a Jedi. We can't sleep together. Meanwhile, I'm going to dress like a dominatrix and just walk around the house and sit there romantically with you in front of the fire. But no, don't think of me that way. (laughs) Typical woman. Typical woman. Yeah. Uh, The mid-credits scene introduces the Collector and the Infinity Stones and sets it all up for Guardians of the Galaxy. I can't... (sighs) That whole thing is just tainted for me because I don't like the character of the Collector. I like... What's his name? I like Um, Benicio Benicio Del Toro. Uh, I think really he's an incredible actor. He does. He makes some weird choices. Yeah, he does. Yeah, which makes uh, which him great. Makes him perfect for that role. But I just don't like the the character. It, no, me neither. Probably partially or largely because I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy. Snap. So that whole thing is just kind of. I'm. Me. I'm curious to know because the first time I watched Guardians of the Galaxy was <laughs> like within a week of my dad dying, and I'd never seen it. <laughs> And I, uh, we all just sat around eating takeaway watching it, and I thought it was terrible. Yeah, it's not brilliant. I don't know how much of that was uh, clouded <laughs> because of my actual general mood at the time, yeah. but I've got a feeling it's, it's I've not seen that it. Much. I've seen it twice. It was better on the second watching than the first. Yeah, because you're not taken aback by how, how the batteries work in space. <laughs> Why are they dancing? Yeah. Uh, it, oh, God, no, don't, because we're, we're, we're building it up, and we're, that's the next film on the fucking. Yeah, MCU I know, that's list. next month, yeah. Um, we might just skip it. And we've got the end credit scene. The uh, end credit scene, Yeah. for those of you that haven't seen it. For those of you that didn't realise it was there. I didn't until this morning. I watched the mid credit scene, turned it off. Yeah, snap. It was only when I uh, saw something else that referenced the end, the post credit scene. I was like, well, this wasn't post credits. This was mid credits. So I had to go and Google it and look it up on YouTube. The end credit scene is basically a depressed Jane Norman Still sat there at that breakfast table. Oh, really? Moving her Weetabix or Shreddies as it is around the bowl, yeah. all depressed because Thor's not come back. Uh, and then you hear thunder 
she runs outside, Thor teleports down in a Bifrost thing, oh, okay. and they, they finally get their romantic kiss. And then it cuts back to the building site where the anomaly was, and the giant monster from Jotunheim is climbing over trucks chasing pigeons. Awesome. <laughs> that, and there you have your giant monster, yeah. your 100% more giant monster. That I needed. Uh, um, do you have a score? But I apparently, like I said earlier, completely misremembered this film. Yeah, snap. Um, and I've been doing this film a disservice for the last, what well, came out in 2013, didn't it? Uh, nine, so like nine, nine. The last nine years. <laughs> nine years and one month. <laughs> nine years and one month I've been bitching about this film and telling everyone it was shit. Um, but it is so much better than I remembered yeah. it. And I, it introduces a lot of the comedic elements that Ragnarok, that made Ragnarok so much fun. Yeah. Because Ragnarok is a fun film to watch. This is, this is the, the perfect balance for me yeah. because it's got the sensibility and the grittiness and the weight from the first author. There's film. an emotional, you buy in emotionally in yes. this film in a way that I never did in Ragnarok. No. Uh, Ragnarok has got that fun family yeah. adventure film feel to it. And this is the perfect merging of the yeah, two. Absolutely. Um, which, yeah, makes it a much better film than I thought. Uh, so, yeah, I actually gave it quite a good score. A much I'm, better score than I thought I'd be giving it. I was shocked by it. I was looking forward to it before I watched it, and I'm still slightly shocked at how much I actually enjoyed it, <laughs> bearing in mind I'd forgotten so much of it. Yes. So I'm giving it a 7.5 because I ah. think I think it really is one of – it's no, it does not deserve to be looked upon in the bigger picture of Marvel films as one of the lowest ones. Oh, no. No it's, way. It's, it's far better. I would say it's better than Iron Man 3. For the most part, for yeah. most of its runtime, it's consistently better. Iron Man three has its peaks and yeah. its lows. Uh, consistency wise, this is far better than Iron Man three. Do you think there's no shit bits coming off the back of Iron Man three and so much of the early MCU being built uh, being built around Iron Man and fun and mm. action? Do you think the tonal shift for to a f- far more like personal story, family dynamic, love, yeah, all these intricate things that are all woven together in the overall story here took people by surprise, and that's why people were like, "I don't really like that." Yeah, because the first so. four film is very much straightforward, two-dimensional yes. action with jokes. Yeah, here you've got a lot more of what I would consider like Shakespearean. Like, there's a lot of weird yeah. family dynamics and. Yeah, there's there's a lot more emotional baggage in yeah. this film, and, and I think that might have taken the the common normal normally watcher. There's just wants another Iron Man. They want another Iron. They want Iron Man, but with a big hammer. Yeah, and they oh they get that, but like we said earlier, there's not a great deal of that. Yeah, it's a lot more. Kind it's of, a lot more. It's a lot more character driven, yeah. which which I think maybe MCU viewers. slows the <laughs> slows the storytelling down. Yes. Close the pace of the film down. Good for people like us that are book readers, not <laughs> yeah. good for people that are like, I just want to watch people. I, I want to see people hit and get a big hammer. Two hours of special effects. Come on. Just, yeah. just, <laughs> yeah. See, oh, see, I was going to give it a seven, but we've talked it up, I think, to a 7.5. Yeah. It's earned that extra 15. half a point. So, Interesting. yeah. I'd love, when we finish doing all, all the Marvel films. We're going to have to or we, run down the Once scores. we get to Endgame, I would like to see where we rank all the Marvel yeah. films. Yeah. Um, and on that note, find what you love, believe in it. Positive things will happen. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, 
let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be.